Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to the Oz Network for the beginning of, let's call it the most exciting month of the year. We did a trial run of this a couple weeks ago with Dan Foley and Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And as soon as it ended, we said, okay, all these contestants from reality shows we've talked to in the past who have mentioned their favorite movies... Let's start bringing them on. Let's get this done. So we are here for the first ever guest host month. And uh, our first guest host actually dates back to, I think, maybe even the first year, year and a half when we did the Oz Network, where we did another episode that we'll kind of talk about here, where he mentioned, yeah, let's let's do this movie at some point. And we're here. We're getting it done. So we are going to talk about the 1984 original Karate Kid, Ralph Macchio, Pat Morita, Elizabeth Shue, uh, the original, the greatest, uh, the movie that's had such a huge revival now because of a little show called Cobra Kai, and we're going to hope that people have actually gone back and watched this original movie if you haven't already, because it is amazing. And we're going to go through the entire thing here. My name is Colin, and Billy, you're a cream puff! <laughs> and hi, my name is Billy. You're a pushy little <laughs> bastard, but I like that. I like that. <laughs> this was like... I mean, we, sometimes we do movies where we're searching for quotes. Like, we just finished doing the MonsterVerse movies, which, you know, some good stuff in there. But Godzilla, uh, King of Monsters, Kong Skull Island. We're like, do you have any quotes? I don't know. What we, let's just start growling. Ben and I were introducing it. And, My name is Colin. And, and this one, no shortage of quotes. This movie is a quote machine. I was just going to say, the last time you and I even did this, we had another quote machine movie. Yeah, exactly. Which was awesome. <laughs> That's, you're just we're gonna bring you on for quote machine movie month we can easily pack a whole month of this stuff <laughs> billy uh we did uh well, we've done a couple of things uh outside of just the regular survivors uh you know we did Smokey and the bandit you know a couple of years ago after the passing of burt reynolds uh prior to that we'd done uh you got to see cobra kai the tv show before it was actually released and we had you on to kind of do a review of it and everything. And I think it was at that time yeah, you yeah. mentioned, we, we got to do the Karate Kid movie at some point. So, I mean, have you been counting down the hours for the last three years or whatever to do this one? <laughs> you know, this is one where uh, I'll admit I've been I've been chomping at the bins going, one of these days <laughs> I'll get that call and we're going <laughs> to... And we're going to get him a body bag. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> Oh, please, please, let's just... If we could just do this entire thing in the impressions of all the characters. <laughs> no, let's just do a script read. Change of plan, script read of the original Karate Kid here. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of interested to hear your history. You, you alluded to a little bit of off-air. Uh, we're going to touch on some very exciting stuff at the end here, but, I mean, I think you, you go back with this movie longer than I do. I, when I first saw this movie, 
it was probably after uh, my siblings and I had seen Rocky. And I think we saw this because of Rocky. Um, my brother is wow. like the biggest Rocky fan in the world. And mm. I think that uh, after we saw that, my parents were like, hey, there's this other movie, The Karate Kid. I don't even know if they were aware that, you know, same director as Rocky, John G. Avildsen and all that. Uh, but uh, we saw The Karate Kid. Now, I couldn't even place when it was. I know that it would have been in between the second and the third movie because I, I remember seeing part two almost immediately after seeing part one. But there was a while before I, I remember seeing part three um. in theaters. But these movies had come out. I was too young to really, you know, uh, get it at the time. And you know, once I did see it, I mean, I, it was perfect. I was sort of in Taekwondo, or I think I was just entering Taekwondo at that age. You know, it, it was the ultimate. I mean, it's the ultimate movie for any kid who's in martial arts. It's the ultimate movie for any kid in anything. But where does your history with this movie go back to? Uh, I had already been in karate for two years. Uh, my sensei, uh, uh, he and I tended to do a lot of activities together. We went to see Hulk Hogan at the James L. Knight Center in Miami, Florida, take on Kamala. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And we did a lot of activities together. And so uh, uh, at that point, it wasn't just me. My dad and my sister were also in karate. Um, uh, And so we kind of went as a group on the weekend when it was released. Uh, I believe it was released on a Friday and we went on a Saturday, something like that. And uh, uh not only was the theater packed with, we could tell it was a lot of other people from karate because we recognized them from all the local karate tournaments and stuff. But uh, uh, there was a lot of buzz for this movie for for it not being this, you know, uh, not being a Star Wars movie or a Close Encounters of the Third Kind or ET or any of those major blockbusters. It had a lot of buzz. So uh, yeah, it was it was a great great showing you know, the place was packed and there was more to this movie than that has been released on dvd we'll get yeah. into that later oh that that's gonna but, be our yeah. highlight <laughs> stay tuned all the way to the end because we're gonna have some exciting stuff here uh some some yes. trivia that billy knows about uh i mean the history of this movie i i remember getting the dvd when it first came out like we're talking 15 20 years ago and you know, hearing the commentary for the first time and all DVD, that. I got it on VHS. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, we we definitely had a VHS once upon a time. I think <laughs> We're dating ourselves here. Uh, but uh, the the movie yeah. itself, uh, it kind of came out of the the screenwriter Robert Mark Kamen, who you know had been involved in martial arts growing up and sort of been bullied, and he just sort of came up with this concept based on his own training and having uh, visited Okinawa and all that. And uh, at whatever point, they signed John G. Avildsen, who was the director of the original Rocky movie. Uh, now, I have heard a lot of stuff that at the time, a, a lot of the criticism of this movie was that it was it was called like the 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 karate clone or, or the, the Rocky kid and stuff like that. But I mean, completely different movies, really, when you think about it. Um, as far as like the casting goes and all that, you know, Ralph Macchio, I think had done The Outsiders, but probably wasn't extremely well known. Pat Morita is the most interesting uh, casting for this entire movie. Now, I showed this all these movies to my wife probably right after Cobra Kai Season 3 came out. And um, she was commenting, but I was like, oh, th- this guy, like, he's such a good dramatic actor. I'm like, yeah, would you believe that he was basically a stand-up comedian? And I had to go back and show her. I mean, Pat Morita had been known as an actor on Happy Days, but he was primarily, like, an actual stand-up comedian. Uh, were you familiar with Pat Morita before you saw this movie? Yeah, I was a Happy Days fan, so that's where I knew him from. Um, and I also understood the character's name uh, that Pat Morita was playing. So when I heard Pat Morita was playing Mr. Miyagi, 
you know, as, as at this point, two years into my karate training, and it was Okinawan karate. I trained in Matsumayashi Ru system of Shorinru karate, and two of the katas in my system was, was created, the first two katas were created by Chojun Miyagi. So I immediately knew who, who Pat Marita's character was, you know, he was playing like a fictional descendant of this legendary karate master from Okinawa. And I was like, wait, that guy? So it's playing real. Who? <laughs> yeah, I wonder no. about that because we're, yeah, we're going to so talk, little... talk about it in the movie, but he gives this history that as a kid, I always thought, oh, they're just rewriting the history of karate to match this character. But I mean, this is a real thing, right? <laughs> he plays, yeah, he plays a fictional descendant of a real life karate wow. master, the founder of the system Goju Ru, which, uh, uh, Goju-ryu is, uh, means hard, soft system, and that, together with Shorin-ryu, which means Shaolin system, were the two original, like, karate systems that gave birth to everything else. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, uh, originally, the uh, Mr. Miyagi was supposed to be played by uh, Fumio Demura, who is a real-life karate champion, did a lot of these martial arts movies, the, the Kung Fu theater type movies. Um, and, and uh, you know, it's just uh, when Pat Marita did the reading for for the part, he was so good that the, uh, that Fumio became just a stuntman. Mm. He became a, um, a Pat Marita stuntman. That was, so he, he kind of lost out on being the actual uh, the actual actor. But the famous scene by the gate, that's actually Fumio DeMora. Oh, really? He's, he, so he's the stunt double that beats up all the little kids. <laughs> Yeah, that's him. <laughs> well, that's crazy. Well, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the actors, well, not a lot of the actors, several of the Cobra Kai's had real martial arts background. Uh, like like the actor that played Bobby, who's jiu-jitsu black belt, uh, Japanese jiu-jitsu. And, and William Zapka, who plays Johnny Lawrence, my favorite character in the whole movie, and in the Cobra Kai series. Uh, he, 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 uh, he trained in tank, uh, Tang Sudo, which is the Korean descendant of Shorinru, the art that I do, and the uh, the referee in the movie, Pat uh, 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 Pat Johnson, oh, yeah. sorry, I was going to say Marita, Pat Johnson, he was not only the trainer, the referee, and the trainer, and the guy who taught all these people their martial arts, he's also Chuck Norris's highest black belt at the time. <laughs> so they, they have the real deals for this movie. <laughs> I mean, other than the main two guys. <laughs> they... Well, you, no, no. Uh, like I said, uh, Johnny Lawrence had had uh, Tansudo training. Oh, I've, it's actually uh, Machio and uh, Marita, though. You, you met, you met. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Machio, uh, uh, you know what's funny though is that they were taught a little bit of Gojuru, and some of that comes out in the second movie where they do a Gojuru kata uh, in the second movie. But in this first movie, uh, uh. Yeah, uh, it, it was mo- mostly the stuntman. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> mostly Paparita stuntman, who's a who's a great, great, great martial arts legend. Well, I mean, I can for Ralph Macchio, I think that it would fit to have a guy who had no background in martial arts. I mean, that's the character, but it, it definitely helps, and you can see. That... Well, uh, oh, oh, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> well, no, no, he had... the character. Took a few weeks at the YMCA. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> a few weeks of karate at the YMCA. And six chapters of a book from the library. And then he starts kicking. 
Right, right. And then, you know, he was such a fanatic that he kicks the door open and knocks somebody in the face. And <laughs> We'll get into that. But, yeah, his ego was inflated based on those few weeks yeah. at the YMCA. <laughs> well, ego is another important thing for this movie. And, and going back to uh, showing this to my wife recently, I had shown her the first Karate Kid movie before Cobra Kai Season 1 came out because I told her, you, you got to watch the show. Like, I'm so excited about it. Watch the Karate Kid. And she was like, yeah, it was okay. And I tried to get her to watch the other movies for years. I tried to get her, even when she did watch Cobra Kai, she'd always complain to me. She's like, you know, I just, I, I don't like those movies because Daniel's so whiny. And I'm like, that's kind of the point of the movie. And it's something that I didn't quite understand until I saw the the, the commentaries and the making ofs that they had on the DVDs, you know, the, 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 the follow-up to VHS that we got back in the day that's now itself dated. Uh, but uh, John G. Avildsen said that when he was casting Ralph Macchio, he he wasn't sure where they were going with the character, but he said Ralph Macchio walked in. He was gangly. He fit the look of the character. You know, doesn't look like he's a strong guy, but he said he walked in like he had a chip on his shoulder, like Ralph Macchio just had a bad day. And he looked at him and said, this kid looks like he has a chip on his shoulder. That's what I want for the character. So whether or not it was even intended in the script for him to be kind of whiny, it sort of set this chain of events that have led to Cobra Kai later, years later which is the interpretations of the characters of Johnny maybe not being such a bad guy and Daniel in some ways kind of deserving some of the treatment he gets. Not all of it, but some of it because they wanted somebody who was a little bit annoying. And it's only after watching all the movies, my wife said, I kind of get it now. He's supposed to be annoying. Definitely annoying. Um, I, I I blame George Lucas and the original Star Wars movie New Hope for this love affair Hollywood had in that era for whiny heroes. <laughs> I just, cause Lou, you know, I was going to Tasha station to pick up some power conveyors. Yeah. You know, that was, that set the tone for that era where there was a lot of whiny heroes. And even to this day, we get a little bit of that though. You know, when you look as good as Jennifer Lawrence playing Katniss every day, you get away with it more than, than Ralph Macchio and, and Mark Hamill did. <laughs> Completely true. Yes. <laughs> Well, with William Zabka, uh, the interesting thing with him is that uh, the the direction he was given with his character, which again is going to lead us to Cobra Kai years later, uh, and sort of this interpretation of the characters, is uh, John G. Avildsen went to him and said, again, this isn't necessarily in the script, but I want you to play this character as if you're the good guy. And I'm sure that's been done you know, many times with villains in the past, but I feel like Zabka took this so literally that... As a child, I watched these movies and I empathized with Daniel. He was the bully. He was the hero. And then the older I get, when I got to be about, I'd say, 13, 14, 15 years old, I started rooting for Johnny. And I wasn't even putting uh, all the seeds together as to why. But especially after rewatching this now, having seen Cobra Kai, you know, all the way through season three, a lot of the stuff does come up that they talk about in this movie. You see that, like, everything he does, especially in the beginning... He is a nice guy. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with him. He 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 has a bad teacher, but Johnny Johnny is actually really trying in the beginning of this movie. You know, I, I, when I first saw this movie, my sensei and I both agreed that that movie had no villains because mm. Chris really wasn't a villain until the third part. Yeah. That's when he you know he became a total d bag. Mm. But <laughs> um, but uh, you know, uh, Chris, we saw him. As a you know, well, we'll get into it when we get into the movie, but we saw him and his point of view, especially since I'm sitting next to my karate teacher, and he was like, 
yeah, but these jerks just went into his place of business and totally interrupted his karate class. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting next to him and I'm hearing him say this and I'm like, oh crap, he's got a point. There. <laughs> this guy isn't really a bad guy. <laughs> Who wouldn't be ticked off that this guy is messing up his business? <laughs> yeah, no, we're, we're going to jump right into this. And then he's a Vietnam vet. You would think a war vet would be sympathetic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, you know, what's funny is that uh, my uh, instructor in Taekwondo, I would say he was very crease-like. He wasn't quite as angry, but he came, I don't know if he even had a military background, but I always equated as I was growing up as he was a, like a drill instructor in the military. And I feel like you need a part of that. Like there's definitely some of Miyagi that's needed, but like what crease does, I mean, especially when you're instructing young kids, you try to get any kid to do knuckle push-ups, to get them to do five knuckle push-ups. No, this is too, like, you have to have that hard side to it. So I do empathize a little bit with Crease in this movie as well. Well, that was also the era that most karate, karate schools, karate dojos at the time, they had very strict instructors. My, my, my sensei, Moises Colon, he was a, a police officer for 30 years, or he was when he retired, 30 years. Um, and so he had that, that, you know, where you had to respond, yes, sensei, no, sensei. Yeah. And if you didn't say it, you know, if you were like, yeah, all right, it was 10 knuckle push-ups. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And he would be in your face the entire time you were doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so we both, we both were instructed by a little bit more He would say, you know, I'm not one of your school friends. <laughs> Yeah, oh, definitely, and I, and I appreciated it. Mm-hmm. I think I think if I owned a karate dojo, I'd be a, I'd be very much a creep. Yeah, well, and you know what? Like, I, I would not be I would not be like running a yoga class. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a karate dojo, not an inning class. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's jump into the movie here now th- there's so many things that I'll point out just about how good, right. how good this script is like just all around like it, not just the dialogue That's the amazing. story the way that everything's plotted it's just fantastic uh, the opening sequence which is uh, just Daniel and his mom uh, Lucille leaving New Jersey uh, the first thing that I think uh, I, oh, I, whenever this, I was just going to say this scene is so important yeah it's so important because they're in the station wagon in an environment where that station wagon fits in, where you don't think twice that they're getting into this old station wagon. Yeah. It, it doesn't it doesn't even occur to you at this point. And so it fits it fits so perfect and you understand why Daniel's is, is even though, you know, even if you, you're watching this movie for the first time, you can already get a sense that he's leaving here and that you know he's gonna be a fish out of water. Oh, yeah. When he if he goes to any place that looks anything other than than this New Jersey town. Yeah, well, and one of the first things that's said in this opening sequence, and also we got a comment, I mean, aside from John G. Avildsen directing this, Bill Conti doing the music, the same guy who did the iconic Rocky music, incredible score for all these movies. I mean, this one in particular, the, the opening montage here of them traveling, so much great music, but there was one line that I had never picked up on for until I took the notes, which is just, it's it's such a, let's just call it such an Italian thing, or this is just such an Uncle Louie thing. As she's leaving, she's giving the reminders that, tell Uncle Louie that the red wine and Parmesan are in the fridge. Like, the only things this guy is going to consume is red wine and Parmesan. That fits the Uncle Louie we're going to see in a couple movies. Uh, and, and another character that you don't quite get until you get a little bit older, like Lucille. I remember as a kid being like, oh, I would be so embarrassed to this mom. But now you love her because 
I mean, th- this is everybody's kind of embarrassing mom, like the California, here we come, like singing. <laughs> Daniel, you know, being embarrassed at her, even when they're the only two in the car, he's still humiliated by his mother, which is, it's so real. I mean, that's the way everybody grew up. Yeah, uh, I, you know what I love about this this character as well? Is that she says a line later on in the movie that 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 kind of now that I'm a little I'm a, I'm an older guy it kind of punches me in the gut where she says like I can't help you if you don't tell me what's going on and I'm like oh that is such a parent yeah words you know that's such a parent thing to say mm-hmm. like every parent deals can relate to that to where you know your kids never give you a clue what's what's going on in their lives oh yeah so yeah she but. She is the quintessential mom. Yeah. <laughs> I think every every kid can relate to this mother. Mm-hmm. And, and it's only going to get harsher, like you mentioned. I mean, one of the other things she says just on the trip here is she's talking about um, uh, the place they're moving. You know, this place we're moving to is not exactly a dump. And again, it's that perspective Aww. of you're you're in Jersey, and this place, this would be paradise. And then Daniel gets there, and he he drives up, and he's probably thinking, yeah, palm trees, even if the pool's drained, this is still okay. But again, what a culture shock it's going to be for him when he's in school and he realizes he's just gone from being average guy in average home to being the poor kid. I mean, this is totally out of his element. Uh, them pushing the car. Totally, totally. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That, that that plays that plays into the movie later. Yeah. When they have to push the car to pop the, to pop the clutch <laughs> to get it to start. That Modern kids might not get that. But <laughs> us, older, us older guys, we get that. Um Lucille says this line where it says, here we are, land in the palm trees. You know what that means? And Daniel goes, watch out for falling coconuts. I'm like, oh, that little bitch. That little bitch. He's going to be so annoying in this movie. She's trying to be excited about this whole new adventure they're having, and he's such a Debbie Downer. Yeah. (laughs) Well, again, he's got the chip on his shoulder from day one. He was emo before emo was invented. That's the perfect way to explain him, yeah. He's such an emo kid. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, pushing the car, uh, that's, I, I, we definitely didn't have a car that we had to push, but, uh, my dad, I mean, we, we made okay money growing up, but my dad was just such a cheapskate that, uh, he wouldn't want to get anything fixed. I remember this would have been probably sometime in the late eighties. I just have a vivid memory of him coming home after getting our car fixed at the garage and grumbling and screaming. They charged me $17. And when I got to be an adult, I'm like 17 bucks for anything. That's nothing. But he had like a window that was broken and he just had the the plastic tape on it all winter. And we're in Winnipeg. I mean, it is freezing here in the winter. Windshield wipers didn't work. So he tied a string to it that was fed through the plastic in the window. So he'd be driving, pulling this thing. Every once in a while, we'd hear a clump behind us and we'd scream, Dad, the muffler fell off again. And he'd go back attached with a coat hanger. (laughs) This car resonates with me, not necessarily the upbringing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> see my, my dad was an auto mechanic so we you know his his car looked like it belonged to an auto mechanic like he it, it didn't matter if a part belonged to that mm. particular maker model as an auto mechanic he could make it fit oh yeah <laughs> so uh, our car would sound like it it didn't i, I could imagine what our car would have sounded like without a, a muffler <laughs> <laughs> Our car. Uh, everybody knew when he was coming home. And he was... <laughs> Driving like a Frankenstein mobile. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so when Daniel uh, when oh, Daniel man. arrives at this complex again, like you said, he's got the the attitude. The the mom's all excited going upstairs. 
Uh, he kicks the fence open. He even gives it a high yaw to this amateur karate kid. Uh, kicks uh, Freddy over, his first friend he meets here. Uh, goes past the pool, realizes the pool's drained, there's nothing in there. And then we get this old lady here who's like one scene, but one of the stars of the movie with her little dog. Uh, where we think that she knows something about him uh, just because of his accent or whatever. And then uh, I-, I love the my favorite part here is where, uh, oh, I got an arc Uncle Louie in Parsippany. Oh, Louie whatever? It's like, no, Louie LaRusso. She's like, Louie LaRusso? Yeah, don't know him. <laughs> it goes from like, Louie LaRusso to don't know him at all. <laughs> uh, and even Freddie says something to her like, oh, she's got a couple of screws loose or whatever. Uh, not playing with a full yeah, deck. She's That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Freddie invites... Yeah, well, see, I, I have a theory, though, that the way that he met Daniel, there might be some, a little something to, to him getting a little bit of revenge later down the road. So let's let's keep in mind that Daniel and Freddie met with Daniel kicking the door into Freddie's face <laughs> yeah. and knocking him on his ass. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be important. <laughs> that's going to be important to this theory because we're dealing with kids, and kids... You know that I, I, I'm of the I'm of the belief that if you're a high school kid, your default setting is you're a little prick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, <laughs> that's your default setting. You have to work hard as a high school kid not to be a little prick. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, and that's the other part of it is that as I became a teenager, I'm like I love you know the Cobra Kai guys. Daniel's you know such an idiot. And as I became an adult, it, not so much the Karate Kid because I grew up on it. Any new movie I see now, if he's a teenage character, I mean, Ben and I have said this so many times, like, oh, this stupid kid. Like, yeah, if they're under 18, you're immediately annoyed by them. <laughs> That's when you become an old man. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So Freddie does invite him to a party on the beach, which... Those uh, <laughs> Um, so Daniel's telling his mom, he's like, oh, I got invited to a party, and, uh, but I told him I had to unpack. I don't remember telling you that. It's like, well, must have been somebody else. Uh, so he tries to turn on the sink. Uh, it's spitting out water. So this would, oh, yeah, they said there's a maintenance guy nearby. So he goes, and this is where we're introduced to Mr. Miyagi for the first time. Now, I always love that when we're introduced to Mr. Miyagi, again, it's giving you a completely different impression of him. Miyagi's got a chip on his shoulder in this opening scene. And he, he's just trying to uh, catch the fly or whatever with the chopsticks. And Daniel comes in. And he's like, yeah, we got a leaky faucet or whatever. Uh, when are you going to get to it? He goes, after. After what? After, after. He's <laughs> just short with them. And Daniel just walks away like it's the exact opposite <laughs> of what you would expect when these characters would meet, considering where they're going to go. Uh, Miyagi even gives him a dirty look when he walks past his wind chimes. Like, what do you think you're doing? I didn't invite you in, boy. Um <laughs> uh, but Daniel does go to the party on the beach, and uh, as they're playing soccer, he gets very distracted by Allie. Now, uh, Elizabeth Shue recently came out in an interview and said that the most stressful thing for her about making the first Karate Kid was that she would have to be in a bathing suit. And she, like, instantly went on a diet, you know, she's like, oh, i got to wear this bathing suit or whatever. Uh, but, I mean, come, come on. I mean, is anybody complaining? <laughs> I didn't hear anybody complaining. <laughs> I, I guarantee you, every teenage kid that saw this movie... Who had an immediate crush on a, on the character Allie Mills, played by Elizabeth Shue. And in fact, the only reason why I saw Adventures in Babysitting was because Elizabeth Shue was in it. <laughs> you say this thing for Hollow Man, and otherwise I would. Oh, exactly. Leaving Las Vegas, all oh, 
All the all the when he said that she was coming back to Cobra Kai, I was like, I, I, the the first word that popped into my mind was MILF. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's funny. As soon as we watch Cobra Kai, I don't even know if we we rewatched these Karate Kid movies yet. Uh, like my wife hadn't rewatched it, so she wasn't even aware when when she appeared in Cobra Kai. I was like freaking out. And I'm like, oh, that's Allie or whatever. She goes, oh, that looks like a MILF. Like, that was what my wife said, seeing her not even realizing it was the same character. Ah, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, Daniel, there you go. <laughs> Daniel is very distracted by her. Uh, there's sort of a, a series of scenes here. Um, as he just keeps looking, gazing over at her. Uh, she keeps looking at him. So the other guys in the, the group party here, Freddie and the other guys are saying, and like, hey, why don't you go over and talk to her? Uh, oh, maybe he, maybe they don't have moves where he comes from. He's like, oh, I got moves. It's like, all right, fine. And they kick the soccer ball over to her. So he goes over and basically just starts doing this soccer ball bouncing trick, which I practice this all the time as a kid. I could probably still do maybe three bounces. I don't know if I ever got past three. Uh, but in the middle of him putting his moves on her, uh, we get the introduction of Cobra Kai on their motorbikes. And I mean, this, this song, the entire soundtrack is amazing. I mean, this is the perfect song for the Cobra Kai guys. And um, this is the scene where you can really see where Johnny's perspective is because they even say here about him being an ace degenerate. He goes, no, ex-degenerate. I got one year to turn it around. And I sort of always looked at that line, especially after Cobra Kai came out and thought, you know, oh, okay, well, you know, he he had intentions or maybe he's just saying, yeah, I got to make an impression on somebody. But in this next scene where he sees Ali with uh, Daniel and he's uh, going and just trying to talk to her, he is just trying to talk to her. We get so much of this in Cobra Kai later. He is just trying to talk to her. He's being civil she just keeps, you know, turning on the radio. He's turning it off. When he does break it on her, you know, he's got a temper or whatever. But he's still trying to... Well, well see, see, he, yep. here's my take on this. What the Cobra Kai say when Johnny's walking over to, uh, to, to Allie is that, hey, didn't they break up? And one of the Cobra Kais, I believe it was Dutch, or I forget which one. Yeah. They were like, she did. did. He didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he's doing what a typical guy who gets dumped wants to do. And just try to explain himself. Mm-hmm. Whatever it was that happened, he just wants to explain himself. Every guy that's ever been dumped can relate to mm-hmm. this. So he's not doing anything out of the ordinary. He goes over to her, and he's, he's he's trying to talk. And she being a teenager, remember, we're dealing with teenagers oh, here, yeah. high school kids. She's intentionally trying to push his buttons. So she turns up the music as loud as she can on the, on the boom box. And then he turns it off. He says he just wants to talk. She turns it back on, and he turns it back off, and he's 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 getting a little bit annoyed because what she's doing is working. And she's pushing his buttons, and then when he starts to try to get into his field, she turns it back on again, and he has enough, and he picks up the, the radio and slams it down. Mm-hmm. Now, up to this point, he's like any other guy. He is not a villain at yeah. all. He's just a guy who's. Just lo- look at the girlfriend he just lost. Yeah, Holy crap. Exactly. Like, I, I I wouldn't just walk away from that either. <laughs> I'd want to explain myself, too. I'd be like, the dog ate my homework. I saw an Elvis. Uh, <laughs> the, the aliens are abducting me. I don't- <laughs> it wasn't my fault. <laughs> too much Parmesan and red wine. I wasn't myself. <laughs> <laughs> so, so after he slams the, the radio down, this is when Daniel gets involved, where if you know, this has nothing to do with Daniel. They clearly have a history. But it's like Daniel, remember what we said about him and his ego. He walked into this, the beginning of this movie with this massive ego that a few weeks of karate at the YMCA, yeah. and he thinks he's just, you know, he, he thinks he's 
he's just ninja or whatever. <laughs> he's just master. But the, <laughs> so uh, so so uh, Daniel Daniel's uh, takes the radio and, and he's like, "Why'd you bust the?" Well, she was going, "Why'd you bust the radio, mm-hmm. man? Why'd you bust the radio?" It's my radio. She's making a big deal. She she's mega wealthy. She doesn't give a crap about the radio. <laughs> she's making a big deal of it to push his buttons. Yeah. <laughs> like that, they really get him worked up. So that he can never explain himself because she doesn't want to hear yeah. it. That's the whole point of Allie's doing what she's doing. She doesn't want to hear it. So she doesn't want to give him a chance to have a good excuse of whatever of whatever it was that happened. Yeah, we find out in Cobra Kai that what the big deal was was that he missed her, her birthday, her birthday oh, party, yeah. her big party at the country club. That was the big deal. So so yeah, we're so we're dealing literally with kids, you know, over breaking up over something relatively petty. So so go ahead, Daniel. Here you were. I'll, I'll let you go on with Daniel's perspective well, here. The other part of this, again, having seen Cobra Kai, especially after that third season, where they, they're really both telling their stories about this scene on the beach, or all three of them telling their stories about the scene on the beach. I watched this yep. from the eyes of Johnny, and when Daniel and him start fighting here, like sure he pushes him a little bit, but after that, when Daniel keeps charging him, Johnny's not attacking. Johnny is defending himself. He's using karate for its real purpose. He's dropping, he's tripping him, but he's going out of his way to not hurt him until this gets escalated to the point where it feels like he has to. Well, the whole thing starts with Daniel saying, give her back her radio. And 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 Johnny saying, you want the radio? Here. And he gives it to, to, to the Daniel sternly, but he doesn't throw it at him. He doesn't do anything. They're on, they're on the beach. They're saying it's uneven ground. So Daniel gets knocked mm-hmm. to the ground. And so that's what makes Daniel, you know, pop up as a hothead who believes he's King Karate. He jumps up and he gets into a karate stance. And here's, da- here's Johnny, who's a defending All-Valley champion, who's the reigning All-Valley champion. You know, like, ah, oh, this kid, really? Mm-hmm. You know, he has that look on his face. And Daniel charges at him. And what Johnny does is he sidesteps and he puts his leg out so that Daniel trips mm-hmm. over the leg and nobody gets punched, nobody gets kicked. Daniel gets up again. He charges again, and he and, and Johnny does the same move. Sidesteps, sticks his legs out, sticks one of his legs out. Daniel trips over it. Nobody gets punched. Nobody gets kicked. And Johnny tries to explain to Ali like he's not doing yeah, exactly. anything. This kid is like <laughs> he's charging at him. So, so, uh, so, 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 the 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 most disappointing thing. And Daniel's whole journey in this movie, or the one of his two most disappointing moments, happens right now. And that's where Daniel sucker punches Johnny. Yeah, which again, Daniel, you know, in a future movie wouldn't have ever done that. This is where you have to look at it and realize that, you know, Daniel was kind of egging them on a bit. And he's going to do more. But obviously there's going to be moments where, you know, Johnny and the Cobra Kais do kind of bully Daniel a bit. But this opening scene is a perfect example of... Johnny's standing his ground. He's trying to... He's the only one trying to avoid this fight in the opening scene. And when he does eventually hit him, it's because he's been sucker punched and even gives the phrase no mercy here. But he's putting an end to something as this guy just punched him in the face, you know? Yeah, it's not like Johnny had hit him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it, it wasn't... Daniel wasn't defending himself. He was attacking. He was the, the aggressor in this entire situation. Mm-hmm. And he sucker punched Johnny... Johnny, Johnny clearly got the message, okay, this kid's not going to stop. Mm. So he defended himself, 
And of course, Ali puts the blame on Johnny because she had it in for him from the get go. She was trying to push his buttons in the first place. So, in my opinion, this whole this 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 entire saga is is Ali and and, and Daniel's fault. Ali for pushing Johnny's button and just not letting him say his piece so he can get on the bike and leave. <laughs> and then uh, Daniel for being the aggressor and, and trying to trying to. I guess show off to Ali yeah. with all his three weeks of, 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 of YMCA karate. <laughs> yep. So so yeah, it escalates. It, I will. We'll, I think we'll both agree that this thing escalates way too far eventually. But at this moment, Johnny's reaction after he took out Daniel of you know what, none of this is worth it. He's the good guy right here. I'm sitting in the movie theater. And I'm like, I'm like. Man, why did the Jersey guy have to be the asshole? <laughs> Start representing people better, Daniel. <laughs> you know, I was born for I was born in New York, and I live here now. But you know, raised in Miami, and in Miami, I was always the New York guy because I had the accent. And so I sat in the theater talking to myself, going, "Man, why did the Jersey guy have to be the asshole?" <laughs> Because the movie was made in California, and that's how they see the world. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, now, mentioning Freddy, let's look at this from Freddy's point of view here now. Um, oh, he got his revenge. <laughs> Freddy, Freddy actually kind of looks like he feels bad for Daniel Hood, but I do like his one friend. Like, you sure pick cool people to be friends with Freddy? <laughs> Again, you know, Daniel's kind of made a fool of himself. I, I see what they're saying. Like, they've just watched this guy try to show off. He was talking about he's got these moves. He was clearly doing this to impress a girl. He got you know, put flat on his face. He got his, <laughs> he got his ass yeah. kicked. Let's just say what it happened. Yeah, exactly. He got his ass kicked in front of everybody. He's going to be picking sand <laughs> and, out of uh, his hair for the next week. You know, he's got a black eye. But he, he did, in a way, have it coming. We're not advocating bullying here. I mean, Daniel did pick this fight. Yeah. Um but uh, the- he picked this fight, and, and Freddie believed all that karate exactly. stuff. So, you know, I'm saying he got his revenge, but in all fairness to Freddie, he believed he believed Daniel's spear. Yeah. He believed the whole thing. Yeah, that's so, where Daniel yeah, running his mouth off at the beginning is the problem. Because hey, was that karate? And he's getting excited because again, karate is the big deal in this valley. I mean, it is the biggest deal, yeah. and Freddie's not involved yes. in this. So I mean, this is like. You know, if uh, if you're here in Canada and somebody's a big, you know, junior hockey star, well, that's a big deal. And then if you find out that they barely can skate or, or that they, they play ball hockey in their back alley, that's what Daniel is. He's a ball hockey player, you know? <laughs> he basically went to a summer camp, a three-week summer camp of hockey. <laughs> and, uh, and he was the kid who stood on the side. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was the water boy. <laughs> The water boy. <laughs> uh, That's the, another movie for another time. Yeah. <laughs> another quotable. <laughs> uh, but uh, the next morning, Daniel's covering up his black eye. He's got sunglasses on. Lucille, again, so chipper. Excited for him to go to his first day of school. Uh, and, and the way that she addressed this, too, is such a mom thing. Like, she's not coming right out and saying, why you have the glasses on? It's like, hey, Daniel, do me a favor. Take off the glasses. He goes, why? It's like, I just want to see your baby browns. Take off the glasses. And he keeps avoiding it. And she's like, are you on something? And I love his line here. It's like, yeah, mom, I'm on Minute Maid. 
eventually he takes him <laughs> off. He's got a black eye. She freaks out like every mom would. Um, of course. Yeah, and uh, do you want to stay home from school? It's the first day of school. And she's like, do you want to stay home from school? No, 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 I got to go. And he just runs right out the door. Uh, he, he blames on a bike accident, which is kind of a running trend here. Uh, then we get the song Cruel Summer by Bananarama <laughs> playing. Like, what a song. Let's just say it. Uh, probably the one song in the it, soundtrack that was known before the movie, I'm thinking. Uh, it probably was, but at the same time, it's now synonymous with the movie. Yeah, exactly. Like they, <laughs> every, everywhere they go, like where, where Bananarama would do a gig or whatever, I'm sure there were people in the audience yelling Karate Kid lines, uh, quote, <laughs> Uh, yelling quantum kid quotes and stuff. Finish him! <laughs> no mercy! <laughs> uh, <laughs> Daniel uh, uh, arrives at school. We get him in the, the soccer tryouts here, and he immediately goes right up to Freddy, and these guys are like, hey guys, how's it going? And they're like, oh, look, it's the karate. This is where we get the line, the karate kid. They're just sort of mocking him. Uh, he looks embarrassed, as he should be. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah. Ali comes up and... Because what we, what we say what we say earlier... Because the default setting of high school kids is that they're pricks. Yeah, exactly. That's why Freddie and the crew did that. <laughs> and let's be honest, Daniel is too, you know? <laughs> yeah, all, everybody in this movie is not a villain, but all the kids are pricks. Yeah. <laughs> this movie, all movies. <laughs> um. So, Allie is the one person who sympathizes with him still. She comes up. She's It's been, what, 12, 20, not even 24 hours. She's already mastered the soccer ball trick. So, she's trying to impress him. Uh, and uh, he asks, he hasn't even asked her name yet. And uh, this is where we get the, uh, it's Allie with an I. And what's your name? He goes, Daniel with an L, which is a pretty good line. Like, he does have some charm and some charisma in this movie, which you got to give him. Uh, and then, here we get Daniel being the bully again at the start of this movie. As they're doing the soccer tryouts, again, the other kids, they're they're messing with him a bit. They trip him. But when is it Dutch or is, or is it Bobby? I think it's Bobby that trips him, right? Yeah, it's Bobby. Okay. Which which plays into later. It plays into much later in the movie. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's Bobby that takes out his legs. Uh, but he did it within the context of the game of soccer. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not, not like he... that. That's maybe a foul, but it's not like you're out of the game for that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a yellow card at the most, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Daniel, being Daniel, he he, he, he he grounds and pounds on Bobby. Like, he gets he's vicious. At this point. Yeah, yeah, he's literally uh, wrestled him down, and he's punching him in the face. Mm-hmm. Where, and then when the coach separates it, like Daniel isn't, a sympathetic character at this point. You can't feel sorry for him with the way he's reacting. Yeah. And he's yelling and he's yelling at the coach like and I'm like, oh my he's god. Like, this it, school sucks, man. Even if this wasn't a movie. <laughs> even if this wasn't a movie, like this I, if I were in that high school, I would think Daniel's a complete <laughs> D-bag. Yeah. Total. You know? Well, like I would be like take take your ass back to Jersey. <laughs> I remember there was um there was a kid in our, our junior high, and again, he probably got picked on a little bit, but he also, I had some run-ins with him, and he was a bit of a dick himself, you know? And I remember one time, somebody was sort of like grabbing his binder or something like that, running it around the class, and, and this other kid was chasing him, and they just sort of threw his binder in the garbage, and this kid kicks the garbage can across the room, screams, this school sucks, exactly like Daniel does, and storms out, and there was just this silence... 
before everybody burst out laughing. And again, is it a little bit mean? Maybe. But when you put it in the context of that this kid who kicked the garbage can across the room was also a bit of a dick to people, like, yeah, you, you, maybe you had it coming. And that's kind of Daniel here. He he is full-on yeah. attacking Bobby. <laughs> like, he punched him in the face. This would get so, expelled on day one. Exactly, exactly. And so this is, this is the to me, this is the crux of why all the other dominoes mm-hmm. fell. Yeah. Because... There, the Cobra Kai's experience with Daniel at the beach and now on the PE field during the soccer game, uh, to me, I see why those other dominoes fell. Mm-hmm. Like, if I was a Cobra Kai, like, I, I would be thinking, like, oh, this guy just wants to kick our ass. Like, well, what are we going to do? Just let, her, let, let him keep sucker punching us? Yeah. Like, we got to do something. Well, so yeah. I disagree with what they end up doing, but they had to do something. Yeah, exactly, because wouldn't think that way. Daniel has now punched two of these guys in the face. They have not punched yes. him in the face. Johnny <laughs> kicked him in the gut after he was punched in the face. Uh, now, the what, there is one of these kids who is just downright mean, and he also might be my favorite uh, other than Johnny the Cobra Kai guys, oh. and that's Dutch. Because when, when <laughs> Daniel storms off the field, this school sucks, man. Everybody go back and watch that scene. Dutch has like this mocking face, like face on him. And he's going to have another moment later on. And crazy, I I had no idea when I was a kid at the time, but like this this actor, Chad McQueen, this is Steve McQueen's son. One of the most famous movie stars of all time. And this is his son right here. So sad that he's never actually done a lot in movies. He's kind of done some B stuff here and there. Chad McQueen had some real charisma in this movie. Uh, he's He's a scene stealer. Point blank. Mm-hmm. Whenever he had something, he would he would take it and run with it. He yeah. was a total scene stealer. Um, yeah, I agree. He should have been a bigger star. Uh, I, when when he came when he came out uh, with this movie, this was his coming out. We kind of all expected him to go along the lines of his father or Chuck Norris mm-hmm. and Steven Seagal and all the big martial arts action flick actors at the time. We expected him to be like. Mm-hmm. The next Patrick Swayze, you know, after Roadhouse, that kind of really blew up Patrick Swayze. Um, yeah, I, I, I really don't know what happened. I, it's an, it's, it's an anomaly. Yeah, and he's the he, only one who has sort of come like back. Can't miss. He hasn't come back yet, too. Uh, according to an interview with William Zaka, uh, it, he said that uh, that that Chad McQueen was approached and that he had just moved on with his life. He was done with that. Wow. But but at the same time, you know, I don't think anybody expected Elizabeth Shue to come back for Cobra Kai. So there's still hope. If, if he's listening right now, we hope. know he's listening. Chad McQueen's a big Billy Garcia fan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do it, do it for Billy. Forget about hashtag bring back Billy. We're going to do hashtag Chad do it for Billy. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. But I am a fan of his. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, I'll admit... This is something I probably shouldn't admit, but I'll admit that after watching Karate Kid in the movie theaters, of all of the, the, the characters on Karate Kid, I think Dutch had the most influence on me. And that every time I went to a damn tournament after that, I would do his little hip exercise yeah. that he does before the tournament. <laughs> I thought you were going to say you bleach your I hair blonde. Kid, man. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> you know... If it wasn't the 80s and that stuff was more readily available, I probably would have. (laughs) 
Well, Dutch is every kid's hero. Let's be in honest. Miami. That stuff was not readily available. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because uh, uh, yeah, he doesn't need his mom to dress him, right? Dan, yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's no mama's boy. That's the one guy we know that's not a mama's boy in this movie. <laughs> uh, so we get uh, the next introduction to Mr. Miyagi as he comes to fix the sink finally. This is where Daniel, he's upped his game. He's out of the Y and he's into chapter three of... <laughs> <laughs> his axe kick chapter in his book on karate. Uh, <laughs> and he's even, you know, uh, Mr. Miyagi identified. Yeah, I believe the technique. Mm-hmm. I-, I was going to say, I believe the technique is called the May Geary, which is a front snap kick. <laughs> and if you pause the movie, you can actually read some of that page. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> well, I want to find this book. We'll get the author on here for an interview. <laughs> That's a dumb thing I did, but. <laughs> Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> uh, now, Mr. Miyagi instantly sees through Daniel. I think this is why Miyagi's character, why Daniel is drawn to Miyagi's character. And again, still has the chip on the shoulder, but like Daniel's mom buys the story about a bike accident. And that's his mother. Uh, when Daniel says, oh, you know, I just had an accident on my bike or whatever. You know, he hurt his eye. Miyagi just looks at him and says, good thing you didn't hurt your hand <laughs> like he's got sarcasm there daniel just sort of gives him a dirty look like miyagi knows what's going on immediately um when daniel's at school uh he's oh he eating- called him out yeah yeah <laughs> uh when daniel's at school he's eating lunch and this is where we find out ali's been asking a lot of questions about him um because she knows he knows he was from newark uh he kind Locker. of this is some of his um I'm going to say he, the Daniel charm that is also like quite embarrassing. <laughs> any guy watches like, oh, any girl falls for this, but girls would fall for it, I guess. My wife, again, watched these movies and it wasn't until she sort of finished the Karate Kid movie. She's like, yeah, I kind of get the appeal of this guy now. Was growing up, I'm like, girls like this guy? But apparently he's got something to him because even my wife didn't mind him. She didn't like him as much as Elizabeth Shue, but she still didn't mind Daniel here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, his whole, oh, I hear no, no, this voice I hear, you know? It's like, oh, really? That's your line? But it works on Allie. Oh, yeah. And then he gives her, what was it, like a like a pudding or a yogurt or something? He's like, yeah, yeah. I made it myself or something. Yeah, the pie. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the pie. Yeah, the pie. That was what it was. And he pays yeah, for it. it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, his mother hooked him up. <laughs> <laughs> Um, All right, let's see you. <laughs> so uh, he, he's getting along with Allie here, so she's not that embarrassed by him. Uh, and uh, when we get the, uh, the next scene where he actually sees the Cobra Kai dojo, uh, this is where he's meeting his mom for dinner, and he goes across the street, and he's instantly checking it out. And this, we get that nice little long shot where you see Kreese, the, the military yeah. picture, the big cardboard stand-up. He, you have his fear uh, uh, does not exist in this dojo, does it? No sensei. This whole no sensei thing is just amazing. Uh, and then once he sees that Johnny's heading to class, he just rolls his eyes and he leaves there. He goes to meet with his mother for dinner. Um, she's talking about she's going to do management training. Now, did they ever say in this movie what her job is? She says, I never could have made this kind of money working computers. So she was in computers before, but what is her job supposed to be? Uh, That's a good question. I wouldn't surprise me if it's a single throwaway line somewhere in there that we kind of, uh, no matter how many times we watch the movie, we kind of miss it. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it, it, it's, 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 you know, to me, the interesting part, uh, going back a little bit on the dojo, was, you know, not the, not even the the, the militaristic uh, yes sensei no sensei, because mm-hmm. to me that was the, the the way it was in my karate school. Yeah. 
So I didn't see nothing big about it. To me, it was the, the big cardboard cutout. I'm yeah. like, holy crap, this guy paid for a cardboard cutout <laughs> of himself? <laughs> oh, holy crap. And, and the like, kids follow about him. an ego. <laughs> Woo! But, but it works because they're following him. <laughs> um, so Lucille's uh, trying to holy get... Smokes. I- I'm surprised he's... Oh, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I'm so... I'm surprised that instead of having a cobra tattoo, it's not one of his own face. It's like that's what <laughs> that's the impression I got with that carpet cutout. His face on a cobra's body. That should be the logo for the dojo. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um. So yeah, we, good logo. Lucille uh, is trying to get the girl situation, and Daniel mentions Allie here. Uh, I like when she leaves because her her friend, and again, she's a good mom. I mean, her friend's rushing her out the door, and she's like, "Oh, and my son needs to talk about this." So she's asking questions. Is better than Judy or whatever. And Dan just keeps rambling even when she's gone to himself, which is great. Uh, when he's on his way home, he gets into a real she bike buries accident. Judy. Yeah, buries Judy. Yeah, <laughs> she buries Judy. And, and Lu- poor Judy, man, what the hell? Is she doing? <laughs> and Lucille as well. It's like I feel like the we whole- got all these characters. Well, she's like I feel like the whole world has turned blonde. She's like, oh, she's blonde, right? She's definitely blonde. Yes, of course. You're in California. <laughs> uh, Karate Kid is a great, great movie for off-screen characters. Oh yeah, if you're into that, they got some of the best off-screen characters. Lucia, let's go! Louis, Come on, we got Judy. <laughs> and and the, the people she's meeting with, everybody. Um, Daniel's real bike accident happens here when he's on the way home and uh, the Cobra Kai's come by and they even say, uh, hey, you want a karate lesson? Here's your first lesson, how to take a fall. And they push him off the cliff. So they've escalated it pretty quickly here. Uh, Daniel gets home. And, uh, you know what? Uh, yeah. In, 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 in all fairness, though, in all fairness, did they really know he was going to have that big of a crash and burn? It's dark out, so maybe not. Yeah, it was, it was nighttime at this point. I think they just meant to knock him over. Yeah. The, as they as they as they speed by him, knock him over, and then keep going. Mm-hmm. I don't think they meant for him to fall down a hill or or, or any of that. Uh, it, but when you do something like that, you know it can't it can't get serious. Yeah. So that's it. it you know, being kids, they didn't think that way. Mm-hmm. Being kids, being pricks, like all they they, they meant to do was just to just to knock him on his ass again. Because that, that's been their M.O. at this point. Their M.O. is to knock him on his ass. They st- when, or, or, you know, let him knock himself on his ass. Yeah, they still yet to throw a punch in this movie. Yet to throw a punch. And so that's why I feel like it, it, it would make sense. It would coincide with everything that we've seen him do up to this point. That their whole intention was just for him to, to, to fall over on the side of the road and then pick himself up and now he's dirty. Mm-hmm. Like that, I think that was their whole intention. But... The side of the road, they were, I guess they didn't know that part of town or they just didn't think it or didn't see it because it was so dark. That side of the road was a nice dip down. It was it was a nice side of a hill. That road was on top of a hill. And yeah. so he, Daniel fell down the hill with his bike going going head over heels and, and he pirouetted and somersaulted and he had a really bad spill. And this is Reseda too. I mean, these guys can't be bothered to know Reseda. That, that's a great point. And they're from the hills. That's right. They brought. They don't know the area. This <laughs> isn't our right. hood, Daniel. <laughs> so, uh, so, 
So, so of course, after the, the spill, as Daniel makes his way home, it's the bike's fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I find that interesting. The stupid that bike. He, <laughs> it's the bike's fault. I hate this stupid bike. I hate this stupid bike. He slams the bike on a dumpster. I hate this stupid bike. Oh, and then this is where we get Lucille to Daniel. What's the matter? You nothing. <laughs> like you think she's gonna buy that? <laughs> and this is where we get that line. It's like I can't That's help you unless you tell me what's going on. Whatever. Oh man. And then he says something really, really douchey. Like yeah, like Bob's trees help or something like that. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, oh, man. Oh, yeah, where she says... This mother's giving him too much slack. Yeah, fighting's not the answer. And, uh, and you go, well, neither is palm trees. You go, that's not fair or whatever. Uh, but he he brings up a good point here, too. He's yeah. like, moving out here without asking me that was fair. She goes, you're right. I'm sorry. Again, she's apologizing. I've yet to hear Daniel apologize. <laughs> so... Duh. She didn't owe him an apology. She's the mom. She went to get a job. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you want him to live on the streets? <laughs> you want him to beg for money? She went and got a job. She had to move. Daniel was sleeping <laughs> on Uncle Louie's couch and prior to this. Boys- He's moving on up right now. <laughs> and they moved to Southern California of all places. It's not like they moved to, to some 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 boondocks in the middle of, uh, I don't know where, yeah. some, some fishing town in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> you didn't move to Winnipeg, Manitoba. Come on, what do you have to complain about, Daniel? <laughs> oh, ouch, ouch. Ouch. <laughs> um, I, I love that Daniel has a line, too, where he goes, it's safer to take the bus. Uh, now, there's a plot hole coming up here. Now, do, do you know the plot <laughs> hole with the bike? Have you ever picked up on that? Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Okay, so the very next scene after he freaks out on his bike... Uh, we show him at school with Ali and, and Ali's friend. And as Ali's introducing him or whatever, um, he says uh, something or she says something. What kind of bike do you have? And she's asking if like Honda or Suzuki he goes, oh, it's a Miyagi Turbo. Uh, he uses Miyagi's name. Now, get correctly, but he uses Miyagi's name. But it's not until the scene after that when he gets home that day where he sees that the bike was fixed and he asks Mr. Miyagi, hey, did you fix my bike? But one scene earlier, earlier in the day, wearing the same clothes, he identifies it as a Miyagi Turbo. So something's out of place there. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna obviously it's a plot hole, but he couldn't have known that Miyagi fixed the bike yet when he said that. No, but I think he, what he intended this is he intended to be a total prick and lie and claim that he 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 was riding a motorcycle, <laughs> but he didn't know his motorcycle brands, so he came up with Miyagi Turbo. <laughs> that's the Turbo. <laughs> so, so I think he. I, I don't think there's a plot hole. I think Daniel is a damn liar. So- what it is. <laughs> Well, that fits our opinion of Daniel better. I mean, he, what, what Japanese name is he going to think of off the top of his head, right? He goes, what sounds Japanese? Miyagi, okay. Yeah, I think he's just a damn liar. You're giving him too much credit. <laughs> <laughs> he's not smooth. He's just a liar. Um, now, Mr. Miyagi, this is where we really get Daniel being introduced to him, where he comes in to thank him for fixing his bike, and um, he's trimming the bonsai trees, and... Uh, Daniel is invited in. He's told, oh, this is how you clip it or whatever. He gives him his first lesson on that. Uh, Lucille comes pick up later, and Daniel's like all into this here. Now, a year after this movie came out, there would be Back to the Future, which also featured like a teenage boy with an old man, and they were just best friends. You didn't have to explain it. Uh, I'm going to say that people would have had a lot more trouble accepting it in Back to the Future had they not seen it in The Karate Kid. Because uh, I can't think of any other movie that showed a young boy friends with an old man and it wasn't creepy other than this movie. This was the original before back to the future, right? Well, I'd like to thank family guy for making it creepy again. <laughs> 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 it 
it needs to be creepy. But uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think I think the reason why it went over so well is because that relationship within the context of the movie makes Daniel a better person. Yeah. Because up to this point, Daniel's been a total douchebag. Yeah. He, he, we just got through from saying how he how he lied to, to his friends at school. You kind of overlooked the looking that he's been lying to his mother like crazy mm-hmm. about it being a bike accident and whatever else. Like So this guy's been a total douchebag this whole movie up to this point. But this is where he gets redeemed, and he gets redeemed through his relationship with Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it starts that has nothing to do with karate. And, and there's even a, a big time jump here. Uh, they show, like, some brief scenes of him avoiding Ali at school. But then they jump forward to Halloween. So this has got to be, like, a month and a half, two months later. And him and Miyagi just hang out every single day, which is great. He helps himself to stuff in Miyagi's fridge. Uh, and this is where he's saying he won't go to the the Halloween dance or whatever. And Miyagi, again, Miyagi has such great lines. Like, every line in this movie is so good for Miyagi where he even says, uh, you know, to make honey uh, needs small flour, not old prune. <laughs> Everything Miyagi <laughs> says is just perfect. I want all of this on a poster. Um, another little cool <laughs> detail that they have in here is where he's saying, yeah, you know, I don't really have a costume. And you go, oh, if you have a costume, would you go in right behind Daniel? You can see the shower curtain that's going to come up like in the very next scene. Uh, and Daniel shows up at the dance said, in the shower curtain. Yeah. Wait, wait. He says, "Maybe if I was the Invisible Man." Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, why? So, so, so I don't get seen. He's like, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's what get, that's what uh, sort of gave maybe Miyagi, Miyagi the epiphany to, to come up with the costume. Yeah. Which setting up this dance, setting up this dance. You just mentioned it's a two two month time jump. So for two months, he didn't just avoid Ali. The Cobra Kai's have left him alone. Yeah. Yeah, I had for two that. months. They, they left them alone. I think they kind of realized when they intended just to knock him over, they kind of went too far. And when, you know, they got they could they could see him even if they don't talk to him. They could see him physically, see him mm-hmm. and see that see that he's uh he's uh, uh, uh been busted up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, busted up by that fall. So you know, them being human beings, I think they they legit like oh shit, mm-hmm. like, you better. We better leave this kid alone. We better stop this before it gets too far, or it's already gone too far. And they've left him alone, and they moved on with their lives. Yeah. Yeah, there's no way he spent two months being able to avoid every single one of them at school. You're completely right. They haven't touched him. They haven't talked to him. They haven't breathed on him in two months. And something's going to happen at the dance here where Daniel's going to ask for it again. Um, <laughs> Ali uh, recognizes Daniel even though he's in the shower curtain. Uh, she just knows that it's him. Uh, so she goes inside. They, they dance a little bit, and there, there's some interesting lines here where um, she's almost the instigator as well because has Daniel just let this go? Oh, for sure. Because she says, you know, uh, something about, uh, uh, I don't know if it's him or her that says what goes around comes around. And But I, I feel like this scene, she's the one sort of planting the seed. She, he doesn't want to talk about Johnny. It's like, oh, it's just, you know, he, he thinks he could do whatever he wants. Uh, this, that. He should mind his own business. Um, what goes around comes around. That, that line is very important. The goes around comes around. Uh, he quickly decides he wants to come out. He opens yeah, the curtain. You got, and the chicken gets in, which is going to lead him to the bathroom, which is going to be very important here. Yeah, you got to understand, though. Ali had a long relationship with Johnny. Oh yeah. From what we understand, like it, it was, it was all, it was their entire high school years up to that, up to the start of this movie. Mm-hmm. So, so, and they're seniors. So, so freshman, sophomore, junior, they were together yeah. three years together, and now she's a woman scorned because of whatever he did, 
we, we, we find out in the Cobra Kai that he missed a big, you know, he missed a birthday party at, at, at a country club. And uh, she's a woman scorned. So she's still trying to, she's still, she's still angry about Johnny. Mm-hmm. And so she still has those, those, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? She still has the, the, the aggressive, want to press his buttonness yeah. of her, you know, for lack of a better term. So, so, uh, yeah, she, that she, she totally gets into, into Daniel's ear. Mm-hmm. Yes, she totally gets into Daniel's ear, and he doesn't realize it. But uh, maybe manipulation is a strong word, but he was definitely influenced mm-hmm. by that talk with her. Yeah, because he had left them alone, too, at this point. So why all of a sudden, when he goes into the bathroom and he sees Johnny's in there, uh, does he decide he wants to turn on this hose soak Johnny and run out of there. I mean, this is Daniel instigating 100%. Now, is he just sort of getting back yes. to them for pushing him off? Let, 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 yeah, go ahead. No, he, he just he, he just pissed. But, uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, you got to set the scene here. Johnny was in the middle of rolling a joint. Yeah. That is not somebody who's looking for a fight. <laughs> that's, not, that's, that's somebody who fighting is the last thing on his mind right now. He's rolling a joint in a, in a bathroom stall. <laughs> And Daniel comes, you know, he sees the holes on the side, sees Johnny, sees the hose, sees Johnny, puts two two together, and runs the hose over the piping over the top of the bathroom stall. You know, kind of tiptoes over to the to the faucet, <laughs> and then turns it on all the way and takes off running. Mm-hmm. So the intention here is so obvious. It is so obvious. It can't be any clear that. Everybody that 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 uh, is sort of a casual fan of Karate Kid considers Daniel the bully, but up to this point, it's been Johnny that's been bullied. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Up to this point, he's the one that's gotten punched in the face. <laughs> he's gotten drenched in. You know, the Daniel showed up to karate. He's karate school for what? To learn karate so he can come kick his ass. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like he was doing looking for an after school activity. <laughs> so, so at this point, Johnny's the bully, and. And his friends are his friends. Mm-hmm. They're going to support him. So what ha- happens next is terrible in every sense of the word. Um, it, it, but at the same time, I kind of, you know, this is this Daniel had it coming. Yeah. Daniel Daniel instigated this. And, yeah, he felt he went down the hill. He got knocked down the hill, and it shouldn't have happened. But I promise you that if, it wouldn't have made a good movie. But if at some point Daniel would have came up to Johnny and told him, like, like, dude, like, you damn near took my life here. You almost killed me. I think they would have smoothed out. And Johnny would have been like, man, I didn't mean it for it to go that far. You know, I, I, I was dating Allie for three years. Damn. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> it kind of hurt to see it with someone else. Like, I think it, was, it would have made a good movie. Yeah. But I think that's what would have happened. <laughs> Well, it would have been the worst movie ever. <laughs> I think the other thing you have to see here is, again, let's just say for argument's sake, Daniel was getting some fair revenge because he was pushed off a cliff or whatever. He was just saying, okay, you know, yeah, now we're yeah. even. But you also have to know which battles to pick. Now, let's say, uh, I don't know, um, let's say Conor McGregor had pushed me off a cliff, okay? If I had the opportunity to soak Conor McGregor in a bathroom stall... Well, he was rolling a joint. <laughs> I might step back from that <laughs> battle, you know? <laughs> There's no way Daniel was going to walk out of the, this as the winner. 
if if nobody had seen him walking out of the bathroom as a giant shower stall with it wide open, maybe. But he even runs into another guy here, which slows him down even more. But basically, Daniel just gets chased down, beaten down, and at first... Wait, 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 wait. You, you skipped over the part where Daniel calls like a... The car accident. Four car, car pileup. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> These poor people, man. What was, they, had, they had nothing to do with any of this. And Daniel caused them to have this big pileup. Yeah, exactly. Big, big car crash. <laughs> <laughs> Those poor people. <laughs> like, Daniel right now has caused so much trauma to this entire valley. I mean, it's not even just the Cobra Kai guys. It's everybody. Daniel's a bad seed. Let's say it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I understand what Daniel's going going through, but at the same time, his reactions, similar to his reaction when talking to the the soccer coach, Mm -hmm. is just over the top to where he goes too far with his reaction. And then the backlash to it is is even worse than what he had anticipated. Mm -hmm. Like, he really pays for it. For his overreactions. Yeah. Well, he, he basically gets beat up by all of these Cobra Kai guys. And uh, Bobby's the only one. The Bobby, the one who got punched in the face, is the only one with common sense. Say, leave him alone, man. He's had enough. I love Johnny. I'll decide when he's had enough, man. And and uh, is it, I think it's Tommy here. Or it might be Dutch. Who when um, Johnny's doing... Yeah, when Johnny's <laughs> doing the whole... Uh, Enemy deserves no mercy. Dutch is just, right, right. Just screaming. Like, Dutch is way into this. Uh, but right before no, Johnny... He goes... He goes He's had enough. That don't mean squat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Dutch is... Total scene stealer. <laughs> Dutch is the one guy to really fear in this movie. Because uh, he's not going to have a conscience. But uh, this is where the stunt double, as you said, comes in. Because Miyagi basically <laughs> beats up a bunch of children. <laughs> Which, by the way, you did this now. I don't care if you're defending another kid. Miyagi's going to jail. <laughs> this is 2021 now. For sure. Um, For sure. But having said that, having said that, let's examine this moment a little closer. We kept saying how how Daniel's been instigating and how Ali got in his ear. Mm-hmm. I also think Dutch is in the ear of Johnny. Oh yeah, and a lot of du- uh, Johnny's overreactions are actually coming from Dutch. Mm-hmm. Well, and when we get to Cobra Kai, you know, decades later. There's a couple of times where Johnny's to blame for something. He goes, oh, that was Dutch's idea. I think even in his conversation with Ali, he said something like, yeah, that was Dutch's idea. Like, Dutch is the one who's always getting the blame even years later because he probably is to blame. <laughs> yeah, Dutch, Dutch is, is, is he, he probably is the one bully in this game, in this movie, I mean. But at the same time, he's, uh, he's acting this way because he finds it funny and fun. And it's yeah. not... It's not out of like it's not out of being evil. It's that he's a kid who's who's not taking all of this seriously. That to him this it is all fun and games. Mm-hmm. That's why he's constantly mocking and constantly making jokes. He's he's constantly oh he, he she broke up but he didn't like yeah. to him it's all fun and games. Well yeah, there, there's a perfect example. <laughs> he's egging on Johnny too. Like he he just wants chaos. He's the Joker. That's what Dutch is in this movie. <laughs> this is Heath Ledger's Joker at a young age. <laughs> um, there is a another cool... Sets the one on fire just to watch it burn. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, there is a cool little detail here that I didn't pick up until years later when uh, Daniel wakes up after Miyagi's rescued him. Uh, the first thing Daniel says is, where's Spider-Man? And Miyagi's like, what? And he goes, the guy that rescued me. Now, the last person Daniel interacted with right after he did this to Johnny 
when he the guy he bumped into leaving the bathroom was dressed as spider-man so somewhere in daniel's been beaten up so bad that he's hallucinating he thought oh that spider-man guy's the one who saved me even though he saw it was miyagi but i i, yeah. I just love daniel's response too is it was you and miyagi's just sort of laughing he's like yeah yeah uh it's like well it can't be why because old man like miyagi is not looking for any type of glory here this is why miyagi's character is the best uh he doesn't want to get involved even though he is very involved he just beat up a bunch of children um but daniel's basically asking about you know, how he knows karate uh whether or not he would teach somebody and then um uh, oh i also love the part where he, he says uh where it came from the the history of the miyagi karate or whatever and i always thought it came from buddhist temples you too much tv he goes yeah that's what my mom says uh and when he asks him to uh teach him <laughs> what's daniel's response here he's, how about revenge that shows you daniel's mindset like I'm not going to you know, spend this entire movie accusing Daniel of being the bully because he definitely wises up. And he wises up because of Miyagi. After this happened, Daniel's first yeah. thought is still revenge. It's not, I need to learn to defend myself. I need to hit them back. That's what Daniel wants here. Uh, eventually, they that's, just... That's, that's, been, that's been his motivation the entire up until time. this point. Mm-hmm. And the entire time. And then it wasn't until Miyagi says the next line the uh, where, where he says... Yeah, if you're the person that's looking for revenge, it best starts by digging two graves. Mm-hmm. And so I think that kind of woke Daniel up to realizing, like, he's here, you know, uh, uh, nursing bad injuries, and then and then he's getting this 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 bit of wisdom where he's being told, like, you're not just gonna, you know, you're not just gonna kill the other guy, you're gonna get yourself killed. Yeah. And he's nursing these injuries, and he's putting two and two together. <laughs> and this is that first epiphany for for Daniel where he's. He's starting to get it. And so that, I think this is what opens him up to, to more of Miyagi's wisdom and, and changes him as a person mm-hmm. as, he, as the movie progresses. Yeah. yeah, And they basically even compromise. It's not even on training him. It's just compromising about going to the, the school because they sort of uh, get into here about uh, there's no such thing as a bad student, only a bad teacher. Um, and uh, I love Miyagi's suggestion about you should go to the school and talk to the teacher and Daniel's like, uh, I'd get killed. And Miyagi's like, get killed anyway. <laughs> Miyagi's just, he's, he's still got some attitude to him as well. <laughs> I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Uh, and, and when Daniel well, asks he's him... Still, about, he's still Pat Morita. He's still yeah, Pat Morita exactly. cracking jokes. Oh, and he is so good with, like, he's so good with dramatics. He's so good with the comedy. Uh, when he when he mentions about, uh, what belt are you? And he says, JC Penny, 399. And he even says, uh, where I come from, belt means you don't need a rope to hold up your pants. <laughs> Uh, the next morning when they take him to school too, again, more great Pat Morita comedy here where he's uh, uh, getting him into the driver's seat and he hands him the keys. And Daniel's like, oh, no, no, I don't even have my license. And Miyagi's like, me neither. And he goes, all right, I guess it's all right. <laughs> let's Daniel drive. Very much struggle to drive. <laughs> yeah. uh, now he gets to see Kreese uh, in his <laughs> yeah, element. Yeah, very stop and go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when Kreese is uh, uh, doing his class here, I love that he puts the one kid down. He, um, he makes him do the 50 knuckle push-ups. Now, you, I'm sure you've done these before. I've done knuckle push-ups. I mean, they are not pleasant, no matter what. You do get used uh, to them after a while, though, uh, but the only thing that I would say was worse than knuckle push-ups is you have to do finger push-ups where you can only use your fingertips and your hands have to be lifted off the, the floor. I not only did those, I did... Uh... Uh, we we had this thing where we would interlock our, our legs and do sit-ups. Uh, oh, yeah. One would go and then the other would go. But the one that's up, 
the one that's uh that that that's up has to punch the one that's down in the stomach. <laughs> bam, and then you go down, and the other guy goes up, punches you in the stomach. He goes down, and you go up. Bam, punch each other, and that sucks worse than any push. I'm sorry. Yeah, so <laughs> that sucks worse. should Crease be putting a child on the mat? Maybe not, but knuckle push-ups. This is nothing bad. I mean, Daniel could stand to do a couple knuckle push-ups. I'm gonna say that. Uh, this is this is very yeah, much. You know what? I didn't mind Crease taking the guy down. Well, I mean, yeah, I didn't was, mind him taking him down because he was distracted. Yeah, and he doesn't actually punch him. He sort of just pulls his fist back and all that. Yeah. Yeah, he shows him what can happen if you're distracted. Mm-hmm. You're there to train, train. And if you're distracted in training, you're going to be distracted in a real fight. Mm-hmm. And so that was his point. And so I, I didn't see anything wrong yet. Mm-hmm. Not yet. Yeah, not like you said, till we get very close to the end. Because even this scene here, I mean, after they sort of do the sparring session or whatever, and um, uh, th- there is the one part where where he puts him down, uh, or uh, one of the, the guy who wins the sparring match puts the other guy down, and Kreese just says, "Don't just stand there, finish him." Like again, this is his motto. But if you're in a tournament, you don't just stand there. You, you want to get all the points, and he's training them for tournaments. I think we have to understand that as well. Uh, but when they yeah, notice Miyagi. Yeah. And uh, he takes Johnny over to talk to them. Like, this is what you're talking about earlier. This is his dojo. They've come to interrupt a class. He knows the story. This isn't just him seeing some walk-in and having attitude. He's like, this guy jumped my students. He knows... All Johnny basically does is whisper something to him. He probably just said, that's the guy. So, Kreese already knows what happened to all of them. He's looking to defend his students here. Again, Kreese isn't even doing anything wrong. So, the way that they approach this scene with... Him saying, "Oh, you know what? Maybe they should solve the problems right now. Why don't you? Uh, uh, why don't you guys get on the mat? You know, this is a, a valid thing. It's better to do it in a dojo with masters present than do it out in the street." Kreese is actually—you've you, told me—he's making a lot of sense even at this point in the movie. Oh, he makes so much sense, and he's so accommodating. Mm-hmm. At this point, he hasn't—he hasn't said anything negative. And then when Miyagi makes his point, oh, it's too much advantage. Your dojo. Yeah. Then he accommodates him again. He's like, "Okay, you made the place, and we'll, we'll we'll get this settled." And then and then Miyagi's like, "The tournament," and, and Chris is like, "Like, all right." <laughs> like he pauses for a second, like, "Is this guy serious? We were gonna go to this anyways." <laughs> You're not asking for anything. Why'd you come interrupt my school? <laughs> we were gonna go. We were gonna go anyways. That's what we're training for. <laughs> we're That's gonna, what the class you just interrupted in was for. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, there was there was one guy on one side holding two flags, another guy on the other side holding two flags. Guy scores a point. They they both lift the same flag up, showing who scored the point. Like that's what they're training for. We got to see it. And so Miyagi's like, like it's like he came here to drop a challenge. But at the tournament that they're all going for in the training for. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> and then and then Miyagi's like, but I have one more request. And, and, and Chris is like, oh, shit. He, <laughs> he even says, make it fast. He's a pussy bastard. <laughs> make it fast. <laughs> he goes to, to, to leave Daniel alone. To, 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 to train. To train. <laughs> and I love that Chris called... He called him a prima donna. Yeah. I was like, nobody touches the prima donna. Even he knows. (laughs) It's like, even he knows. (laughs) Everybody in this movie knows (laughs) what Daniel's really like. (laughs) Except for like Miyagi. Or maybe Miyagi does know because he called him out of his bullshit earlier. Oh, yeah. For sure. But, uh, 
but yeah, you know, the thing is hilarious that, that the way this whole thing, you know, works out to where Kreese is supposed to be this terrible guy, but we weren't given anything to, to look at him as a terrible guy yeah. for. Like up to this point, he's, you know, he's doing what anybody in his situation would have done. And the worst part to me is that, that, that Mr. Miyagi looks at the pictures before all this conversation happens and see that that uh, that Kreese is a Vietnam veteran and Miyagi himself is a World War II veteran and he doesn't he's like he doesn't equate like what's what's you know yeah this is this is my fellow veteran like there, there's there's no camaraderie here there's no loyalty mm-hmm. the first thing he should have said to Kreese was like like I see you're a veteran so am I like boom, that would have smoothed everything out right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but again, we wouldn't have a movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there would be no movie. <laughs> For the sake of a near forty-year franchise, we're gonna ignore that. One. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, I love that uh, after this, um, uh, Miyagi backs out. Like he doesn't walk out. He he's smart enough. He, he, you always he even says that to Daniel. One of the first things he says is always look in the eye. One of the lessons he gives. You see him doing that. They're planting the seeds here, even from Yogi's lessons. He backs out with his eyes on crease the whole time, which is just fantastic. Uh, and Daniel's first reaction is like, well, thanks but for the- nothing. And it's like, what do you mean? Uh, I just saved you two months beating. <laughs> he's, he's got humor to him, but he's being honest. Because, yeah, let's look at it from a positive point yeah, of view. Yeah. You don't have to worry about this for two months. <laughs> yeah, very true. Very true. Give me, give me, one, Chris, one last thing. When you rewatch the movie again, because we know we're going to watch it like another three dozen, dozen <laughs> yeah. times more. But uh, <laughs> when you go back, pay attention to Chris's hands during that whole scene. You'll see that Chris puts his hands into his belt mm. as though to say, I'm not going to fight. I'm not I'm being aggressive. Huh. I'm being a non-aggressor. So he has his hands, you know, his hands are tucked into his belt, his black belt as his way of, 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 t- of telling everybody in the room he's being a non-aggressor. Mm-hmm. So I, to me, that one moment proves to me that Kreese was never a bad guy in the first movie. Mm-hmm. That, it, that it's, it is until we get to the end, which we'll get to, that, that Kreese kind of, everything that, that, uh, that Miyagi does right for, for Daniel, he does wrong for Kreese. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and Kreese... He, he kind of puts him in that situation. Kreese even says, uh, right as they're leaving here, he says, if you don't show, then it's open season on him and you. And he's saying this again, let's keep in mind, in response to the fact that from his point of view, his students were attacked <laughs> by this old man. So he's he's giving yeah, a warning. I, it's I, not I also aggressive. think it was an empty threat. Yeah, but, but it's... I also think it was an empty threat. But, but it's not like he's... I think he was a, saying that... I was just saying, it's not like he's an yeah, aggressor. Just he's say, just saying, you know what, you know, you have to live up to your end of the bargain. Be be a man, live up to your end of the bargain. Yeah, that's what he's really getting at. Mm-hmm. But I, I think it was an empty threat in that it's open season on him and you. Mm-hmm. But yet, he puts his hands, you know, he has his one hand out, and then he puts his other hand, you know, his other hand is in the black belt. Then he puts his the one that he had out back into the black belt and steps back. So he's kind of just saying, just saying that because – I think he's looking at this guy like he's pushing for a lot. He's asking for a lot. He's 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 at some point he might come back and say, you know what, that tournament doesn't work for me. Maybe in three years we can get together. Yeah. 
you know. I was 87 All Valley looking for you. <laughs> but but also, let, let's be honest. These lines are but there the, because Kreese needs to have these quotable lines and be this aggressive instructor, and that's why he's an icon. That's why years later, Kreese is still one of the stars of this show. A man in his 70s is the ultimate villain in the Karate Kid universe because Martin Cove is so good at delivering these lines too. Oh, he's, a, he's an incredible actor. Uh, uh, he's, he's Not only is he an incredible actor, he, he puts a human face, such a human face on, 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 on what's supposed to be the, the main villain of the entire universe that you mentioned, mm-hmm. that here we are, you know, looking at this movie, dissecting this movie, and we're like, he's not this bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's not a bad guy. He's, he's he's just a human being in this situation mm-hmm. where whatever he says, he's not gonna come out looking good, anyways. Mm-hmm. If he would, if he would say, what? Let, let's say, let's say, Miyagi would have got what, what he wanted when he walked in. He said, "Hey, uh, your, your students beat up. You, you know, was was picking on my students. That's why I beat up your students." Let's say he could have got what he wanted, and Chris would have went up there and went, "Oh man, I'm sorry." <laughs> would he have a business after that? Yeah, be honest. <laughs> would he have a business? Or would all the Cobra Kai's be like, "Man, screw this guy, we're out of here." He's got to <laughs> he earn a back living. We're paying the guy all his money. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he we're paying all his money. What he taught us got us our ass kicked, and now he's apologizing <laughs> to the guy who kicked our ass. We're out of here. <laughs> So there's nothing he could do. He's backed into a corner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we're going to breeze through some of the upcoming stuff. This is where the training comes in. But, I mean, it, it, a lot of the scenes are the same, but they're different, but same. <laughs> different, but different. Uh, but as the training <laughs> starts here, everybody knows the wax on, wax off. But we essentially have the same thing over and over again. So kind of lumping it together, and then I'll kind of go through a few of the other scenes. Yeah. We have the wax on, wax off, which is meant as one block, which we find out later on. Uh, yeah, uh, a mid-chest block. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, oh, they also make the deal about him instructing him and everything. And I love that Daniel says deal and he holds it in his hand and Miyagi just slaps the sponge there like Daniel had no idea what was coming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, uh, oh, even just Daniel's indecisiveness where he's asking him about like a, uh, okay, are you are you going to agree to do this? Are you going to take this seriously? And Daniel says, I guess so. And Miyagi gives this great analogy about, you know, uh, walk on the right side of the road, safe. Walk on the left side of the road, safe. Walk in the middle, squish, just like grape. And he goes, you karate guess so, squish, just like grape. <laughs> um, but they, they yeah. wax on, wax karate on. Karate do yes, karate do no. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the Karate first thing is guess so sooner or later just like grape <laughs> uh, but we have the, the wax on wax off which will then lead to the second lesson which is the sand the floor and Daniel there has the thing where again he doesn't realize yet what the whole point of this is uh where he starts down block well he starts going back and forth <laughs> Harry krishna Harry krishna <laughs> oh god lord <laughs> um, but yeah th- th- that's the the second block where he says wouldn't it be better if i just go like this and miyagi's like yeah but you go circles big circle right hand left hand uh the third one is gonna be painting the fence uh which we also get in there the fly catching uh Head which block. is um the the 
one of the most important scenes in the movie because it's 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 where Miyagi throws a bit of a temper tantrum <laughs> where he's saying a man who can catch a fly with chopsticks <laughs> can accomplish anything and Daniel's like can I give it a try and Miyagi just sort of laughs off if you wish <laughs> Daniel catches the first try and Miyagi looks at him you beginner's luck <laughs> just storms off um but yeah then there's the the up and down block the uh the the paint the fence and um the final one where Miyagi isn't there is the uh the the paint the house so Daniel just shows up and he's got the note saying you know paint house no up down go left right uh you know all sides of the house or whatever Daniel is in pain by the time Miyagi gets back Miyagi just again he's messing with Daniel and he's having fun with it we just walk oh missed spot you know what spot and then he's Daniel's basically <laughs> freaking out here complaining about how he's been a slave uh Miyagi just sort of gets that stern voice this is where he turns into the drill instructor again even Miyagi has that drill instructor side so I think this is just a martial yeah. arts master thing martial arts yeah uh, yeah. and he sort of asks him it's like you know show me the wax on wax off and Daniel can't move his arm so Miyagi does his little trick and that's where Daniel's arm can suddenly move it's like acupressure yeah exactly it's, it's Asian acupressure is what he does yeah yeah so it's not, he's not a he's not a sorcerer or a magician <laughs> or this isn't the force. Yeah. You know, it's none of that. This 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 universe is very grounded. It's very grounded. It's not magic. It's just acupressure where he's he's putting pressure on certain nerves and he's able to dull the pain mm-hmm. uh but with the acupressure. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, it, it's it, it, if you go to a chiro- certain chiropractors, they actually do it. Mm-hmm. I think the thing with Miyagi is that uh, you know he doesn't explain to Daniel what he's doing ever. So even when he does this, and Daniel says, "How did you do that?" He just screams and show, <laughs> like he's saying, "Show me the wax on, wax off." And uh, Daniel starts doing yeah. it, and I love Daniel kind of loses patience at one point. Wax on, wax off, and Miyagi gets to sort of like eh, wax on, wax off, like mo- mocking him. Whenever Miyagi makes fun of Daniel, that's yeah, he, he, everybody laughs. <laughs> But, but but why is it okay for Miyagi to do it and not okay for Dutch to do it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what? Maybe Miyagi was Dutch growing up. Maybe he wasn't the nice guy. <laughs> A lot of similarities here. We'll leave that for Karate Kid 2's backstory. Yeah. <laughs> Karate Kid 2's backstory. We'll get to that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Another, another Miyagi meeting. had yeah. some issues himself. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so the way this whole scene puts together, I mean, there's no way to even describe it other than Miyagi gets him to show it, and he finally starts showing him the wax-on movement. Hey, you weren't just waxing a car. That's a block. And here, he, and then it eventually leads to where he throws the punches, and Daniel starts blocking, and then when he puts them all together in the end. It's just that incredible moment. Like, it gives me chills still to this day every time I see it, where that final moment where he just is throwing all the punches, yeah, 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 and he blocks every single one of them. And the crazy thing about it is there's no music that plays in that scene. And for, you know, the guy who did the Rocky movies, Gonna Fly Now and all that with these training montages, the music's used very sparingly here. The way that Daniel just sort of is like in awe, and Miyagi just sort of says, come back tomorrow. We'll start early. And he's like, okay. And he just sort of walks away. It's just such a fantastic moment. Um, I'm, I'm not going to call plot hole again because I don't know the timeline here. But um, there there is uh, the first... The waxing the car obviously takes place over a weekend. And then he comes back on the weekend. But we have about three or four days in a row. Miyagi says, come back tomorrow first thing in the morning. Did Daniel stop going to school for a week? Because he's training him every <laughs> single day. From the crack of dawn till midnight, uh, I don't know if there's any week-long breaks in the fall uh, before Christmas, but uh, 
Um, <laughs> anything you want to talk about all those training uh, scenes before we get to uh, the, the alley story? Ha- having trained in Okinawan karate, I do remember uh, in our dojo, we had this big mirror on one wall, this huge mirror, the kind you see in dance studios. Mm. And I remember that every white belt had to take their turn washing that mirror. And this is before, I was a white belt before Karate Kid. I was, when Karate Kid came out, I was a green belt at that mm. point. So as a white belt, I had to to, to, to wash the, 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 the mirrors, which was my wax on, wax off. And so when that scene came on during, during the Karate Kid, and Daniel's being, being impatient, my sensei who was sitting next to me kept elbowing me in the rib. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I watch, watch, watch. Like we didn't even know. And then when it turned out to be what it was, it turned out to be what it was. It's like my my teacher, like literally my sister grabbed me by both shoulders and he shook me and popcorn's going everywhere. He's like, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> he was excited for that moment. And, and and I was like, I was like, crap, at least I didn't have to paint this house. <laughs> Well, like, it, it does make sense, though, because uh, they really explain it well in Cobra Kai. Not that you need the explanation to get it, but he's teaching him so many things with this. He's teaching him the movements of these blocks. So it's committing, it's muscle memory. You're going to memorize how to do these movements over and over again. He's also actually helping him build real muscle because this is a very scrawny kid. He needs that. And he's teaching him patience at the same time because he's not telling him what he's doing. Uh, so I could see why this would be... I never had to do anything like this, uh, but I could see why this would be worked into training, even if it was just for the purpose of teaching somebody patience and humility. Well, the humility is a big part of it. Because mm-hmm. remember, up to this point, or up to the point where where Miyagi took him as a student, he had been a total prick. Mm-hmm. So the humility is a big part of what changes Daniel from from this sort of... This guy who has it all coming, he's he's just he's he's basically the cause of all his own misfortune mm-hmm. to becoming the hero that he'll be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, now I'll, I'll get to the alley stuff in a second because I kind of want to group that in together. But uh, one more training scene, which sort of comes after this, is where the balance comes in. Or I guess there's two training scenes that come in with the balance. Uh, the first one is where he takes him to the beach and you just tell him standing in the water. Now I, I remember doing this all the time as a kid. It is actually really hard when waves are coming up to stand on yeah. one leg. Uh, but he, he, Miyagi's whole thing here is just teaching balance. And this is where we see Mr. Miyagi on the, the stump practicing the crane kick, which Daniel asks him uh, later, what was that you're doing? And he sort of explains this crane technique or whatever and how there's no way, if you do it properly, there's no defense for it. Uh, here's where we get the, the racist dicks of the movie who uh, are just drinking beer uh, off of uh, Miyagi's uh, truck. And uh, when Miyagi is asking to kindly remove the bottles they're kind of mocking his accent they're like kindry do it yourself they make kind of the face at him miyagi one of the best scenes in this entire series miyagi just chops the bottles in half with his hand just sort of nods at them and gets in the truck and daniel asks him how did you do that how did you do that miyagi's like don't know first time (laughs) like this playfulness with miyagi is so great uh and then there's the boat scene the other one where again he's just practicing balance on the boat he's getting him to stand on the boat as it's in the water practicing all the blocks he did earlier daniel keeps asking about a punch when are you going to teach me a punch uh he says uh eventually he's asking him about uh um why uh uh he needs to punch or whatever he goes karate's fighting you train to fight and he sort of looks at him it's like is that what you think and daniel's like no and it's like then why do you train it's like so you don't have to fight and that's where he's like oh now you're getting it kid but miyagi again playfulness in this movie 
rocks the boat, dumps Daniel in the water, and Miyagi just has a laugh attack. He's oh, Daniel, you're all wet behind the ears. <laughs> um, <and> those last <laughs> two training scenes, uh, anything you want to add on those two? Yeah, yeah. Well, well first of all, the whole lesson on balance uh, takes on meaning in this, in this movie from this point forward. It's funny that this becomes a very important part of the climax of the movie, um, and it's introduced so late to the movie. Yeah. Uh, this whole lesson on balance. Um, and then the other thing is, here it is again. Miyagi's picking on Daniel, but but it's okay because it's Miyagi. But if somebody else does it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, another good point. There you go. <laughs> he's doing it for a laugh. But there is a scene. Yeah, he's doing it for a laugh. But uh, yeah, I guess I guess it goes to show you that the context is everything. Yeah. And now, uh, getting into the alley stuff here, uh, this is actually some of the best stuff in the movie. You would think in a movie like this, especially as a kid watching, you don't want to watch this love story. But, I mean, it's handled really well. Uh, first of all, when they do go out, uh, or when they first ask her out, here you'll see Daniel, even after the deal is made, nobody's going to touch him. Daniel is still egging them on, because after you know him and Ali kind of uh, uh, make plans, the Cobra Kai guys are there, and... She sees that he's got the black eye or whatever, and he starts to no no watch this, and he sort of goes up mocking them. He's like, "Hey, how's it going, guys? How's the eye? Oh, sorry about the arm there. Don't go step in front of more buses, guys." Uh, and he still couldn't even leave it at that because they have restraint. They're like, "Hey, don't touch him." They could mess with him. They could do the exact same thing. They're not even doing that. Daniel is actually taunting these guys and goes even further when Ali leaves where the teacher comes up and, and he's in front of all the Cobra Kai guys and he's like, hey, you know that uh, that that lesson you were giving in class? It was really interesting. I was trying to explain it to my friends here, but you know, can you do it? Oh, yeah, sure. And then they're all like, oh, sir, we got plans. And this completely backfires on Daniel. This is where, uh, you know, the, the audience again is like, yeah, you know what, Daniel, you had that one coming. They all take a walk and Daniel's stuck well, that's- getting a lecture from the teacher by himself. He's... That's pretty much has been the crux of his existence <laughs> yeah. in this entire movie. Where he, he, he eggs them he eggs on the Cobra Kai and it completely backfires on mm-hmm. him. That's pretty much the microcosm of everything that's happened. Mm-hmm. And to add a little something, Ali Ali and and and, and, and uh Daniel were on a date at the golf golfing stop mm-hmm. and and uh after their date the Cobra Kai guys roll up in Johnny's car or his yeah. dad's car, whoever's car it was, the convertible. And they were nice to him. And they were like, you know, they, they invited Allie, but they were like, you can bring Daniel too. It's all right. Yeah, exactly. So they were totally being nice to him. <laughs> but it was Daniel that was too cool for school and didn't want to roll with the Cobra Kai guys. <laughs> He's like, no, nah, you can go. <laughs> yeah, no, like that's important too. And um, the way that Daniel is in that scene is they, they aren't really paying much attention to him. They're sort of asking Ali to come along, but they're not saying, yeah, you know, just ditch the loser or whatever. They're like, yeah, yeah, no, you can no, bring no. him along. Like, would they yeah, have Johnny of, of all people? Johnny was the one who said you could bring your friend too, yeah. to Daniel. Yeah. And would he have enjoyed that? Probably not, but he's making an effort. Daniel is continuing to taunt these guys who are trying really hard at this point. Um, <laughs> they're trying. They're trying to be cool to him, and Daniel doesn't want them to be cool to him. He wants instead. Daniel wants to be a total prick to the, to the Cobra Kai guys. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I so here we are, late, getting late into the movie, and Daniel's still not a hero to me yet. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> he's the not, the he's not scene. the hero of the story yet. 
the date scene too is great because again i'm not going to completely this isn't going to become this is what ben and i always do as well unfortunately we we find the villains in movies we're like they're not such a bad guy even if they're murderers we find a way <laughs> but in this case i think it's pretty fair uh daniel is going out with ali he meets her at her place now he's already embarrassed because his mom's driven up in this car or whatever uh but when he's up there and he's meeting the parents yeah, he's was- kicking away at their bricks i'm like you know what? I, I I don't. I mean, I'm a parent now. If ten years from now, you know, my kids bring somebody home and they're kicking it, you know, the, the front bricks of my house. I'm like, would you mind stopping that, please? These parents are having a lot of patience with them. When he breaks it, they're like, oh, I thought you were supposed to fix that, honey. Uh, I was. I will. I will. Okay. Uh, obviously, they're not thrilled that she's dating this guy from the slums. You know, sorry to anybody listening to us from Mesita, but the impression this movie's giving us is that it's not exactly the coolest place. Uh, but yeah, he doesn't even make a good impression with the parents, nor does he really try here. Uh, but the, the car, this is where the car stalling is. It, this is such a great scene. Uh, Lucille, ever the optimist, <laughs> is like pumping people up. Uh, she's, you know, telling, hey, Allie, do you know how to drive? Okay, as soon as I say, she's coaching them through this. And then <laughs> even when she shows up later after the day, which also some of the soundtrack songs here, I think this is, um, is this Feel the Night or uh, Young Hearts? I always mix up which one plays where in the movie. Young Hearts, Young Hearts. Yeah, Young Hearts. Young Hearts, for sure. Great song. <laughs> um, I, I I have this song on playlist like, all the song. time to this day. Uh, and it's so great. I feel like the Karate Kid, uh, I remember, let's say around the age of Napster. Uh, <laughs> date myself uh, a little bit too here. Uh, the age of Napster, it was hard to find Karate Kid songs because this wasn't like a big sound. Sa- I feel like this soundtrack became big partly because of Cobra Kai because they've reused so many of these songs so well. Uh, but like at the time, I don't think there was anything about this soundtrack that stood out. Maybe because it was in the era of Rocky Three and Rocky Four, which just dwarfed it. And the movies well, like Top well, Gun. I, I think, I think, I think in the era of the UFC, when the UFC became mainstream, they were. I would say a, a good tenth of, uh, of of the fighters were coming out to "You're the Best." Yeah, yeah you're well, the, the best yeah, around for sure. So yeah, <laughs> so so yeah, so I, I think I think. I think martial artists being put on this platform with the Ultimate Fighting Championship kind of kind of helped the Karate Kid soundtrack make its way into into or or, or return to pop culture. Yeah, because at the time in 1984, this this soundtrack was was uh, was was top grade as well. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, the, the you know it, it, it was it was up there with, with the Top Gun soundtrack and some of some of the other movies that that came out with great soundtracks. Yeah, no, I, I I remember like the eighties. So. I I wasn't really buying music at this point, but I remember this was one of these things where you oh. you would go into somebody's house and they would have the soundtracks to Back to the Future, Ghostbusters. I mean, I don't the nineties. It was still a big thing, but you don't get this anymore with like soundtracks. Maybe Suicide Squad came close. Guardians of the Galaxy. Those movies had like big soundtracks other than just the original score. But it, it's kind of like a nice era where you could just put songs in a movie and that helped sell the movie too. Yeah, for sure, and, and 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 in the case of 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 this particular era, the songs always made sense to the movie. Mm-hmm. It's not like they were like like were, like it was in the in the mid to late nineties where every movie had that you've got the power. <laughs> they had that in there somewhere in the in the movie to sell. <laughs> Well, I think one of these songs, so, it, it, yeah. it's either Young Hearts or Feel the Night. You can hear it in Bill Conti's score as well. So whether he incorporated this song into the score of the movie or they said, hey, let's take a little bit of the music and incorporate it in there. You know, the, 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 like you said, the music, it fit the movie perfectly. Um, but it's just a montage. The scene, uh, 
my brother and I used to always burst out laughing. When we got to be older and we decided we wanted to kind of be mocking Daniel. We wanted to be the Cobra Kai guys. The scene where Daniel beats Ali and like he has this obnoxious look on his face like, yo, I just beat you. Wow, world's worst thing to do on a date, Daniel. <laughs> Shouldn't you be, you know, making this a little more competitive? Maybe maybe have some humility here. Don't it's basically an in your face look he's giving her and yet she's still into him. I don't know why. Uh, but yeah, when when the Cobra Kai guys, he, uh, he should have let her win. Oh, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> this is where all his problems with Ali are going to come from. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I thought he had moves. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I do feel a little bit bad for him. I feel more bad for Lucille though when she shows up and all the other kids. She's like, "Hi, kids!" And they're like, "We really like your car, Mrs. Larusso." Like she doesn't even. Again, she hasn't hit that culture shock. <laughs> It, it, Daniel, like you said at the beginning, he's going to be a fish out of water. She's just living in California. She's working. She doesn't realize what this school is like. You know, she's, Daniel hasn't told her, as we said earlier on. So it's kind of a sad moment when they're sort of mocking her in her station wagon. <laughs> like you said, the station wagon is so important. It's it's so out of place here in California. Um, <laughs> but even after this, Al- it is. <laughs> a- Ali still goes out with him one more time. She invites him to the country club, or they're supposed to go to the water slide here. And um, she invites him to meet up with her at the country club. Uh, and before he gets her, I guess he's standing outside waiting. She's sort of looking at the clock. She's dancing with her parents or whatever. And then the dad obviously still thinks that her and Johnny are things. So they've not been broken up that long. Because does she even says earlier in the movie, too, when Daniel's asking, oh, it's over with him? How long's it been over? She goes, weeks. Like, it's just been weeks. So the dad's not even aware that she's not with Johnny anymore because he refers to them as lovebirds. Uh, but basically, she dances with Johnny. Uh, Johnny sees Daniel, and here's where Johnny. Oh, you gotta, I was just gonna say, you also gotta remember they were dating for like three years. Yeah. So, so to the parents, this is this is this is a big deal to them as well. Like that, their whole idea was these two were gonna get married. Like yeah. it was almost a done deal as far as the parents were concerned. And so, they see yeah. Johnny as the nice country ahead, club ahead, kid, ahead. The, the the karate <laughs> champion, the country club kid. To them, Johnny's a nice guy. You know, <laughs> they don't know all the other stuff. They don't know he missed yeah. his birthday. Well, for me, he's still a nice guy up to this <laughs> <Yeah>. point. <laughs> well, and let's look what he does here. So he kisses Allie in front of Daniel, which makes Daniel storm off, gets the spaghetti sauce all over himself. I find it hard to not laugh at him, too, where he's got the spaghetti all over him. Uh, and they bring this up. The, the, it had to be spaghetti. Yeah, exactly. It had to be spaghetti because he's Italian. Right? And, and he's wearing all white, too. Like, white pants, white shirt. He looks like a waiter. Oh, man. I don't care. If you didn't expect to get, you know, slathered with spaghetti, are you still going to wear all white? Like, that's going to get dirty. You stand on a, a corner waiting for a bus, and you're just covered in dirt. It's just bad wardrobe choice, Daniel. But like, Johnny's basically just getting back at him for the, the prank he tried to pull him. Uh, with the um, when they were at the school, yeah, but oh, don't go step in front of any more buses and trying the thing with the teacher. Like the the little things they're doing here, the physicality has been minimal between Daniel and Johnny, and Daniel has sort of taken more cheap shots. The cheap shots Johnny's taken has always been in retaliation to something Daniel does. Definitely, and 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 on top of that, the the, the in this case, the cheap shot really isn't. If you think about it. The, the, the wrong here isn't to Daniel, Johnny to Daniel. The wrong here is Johnny to, to Allie. Yeah. Because he just kissed her without her wanting to be kissed. Yeah, very, so, very forcibly. So, too. yeah, she, she slugs him, rightfully so. But this isn't like, I'm sorry, Daniel, but, uh, you know, this isn't, 
This is something that was wrong to you. Mm-hmm. This is wrong to Allie. He should have cared more about Allie. Like, hey, poor, poor you. This, this guy is clobbering all over her poor Allie. Like, he doesn't want this. Then I think, I think in Daniel's mind, because he's such a prick, he thought like, oh, they're back together. That's why he's yeah, exactly. To, set the weight outside for so long. Or, or she's just yeah, been messing I, with I, him the whole prick. time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, make what's his name jealous? Like he says it <laughs> yeah. later. What's his name? Yeah. <laughs> uh, now here comes maybe the most important scene in the movie, and the craziest thing is this next scene. The studio desperately wanted to cut, and I think they even tried screening the movie without it. Uh, but eventually uh, mm. relented and put it back in. This is Miyagi's drunken confession about his backstory. And there is no way that this scene, this movie works without this scene. You know, Daniel comes in. He's had the worst night of his life. He sees Miyagi's drunk. Uh, you only put the, the, the pieces together a little bit at a time. They don't have to come right out and tell you. This scene got Pat Morita an Oscar nomination. Like We haven't even mentioned that yet. But a stand-up comedian whose biggest role was a cook on Happy Days a guest star, not even a main star, a cook on Happy Days, got an Academy Award nomination, and this is the scene. I mean, amazing and everything else. But the way that he reveals his backstory here, uh, where Daniel's even asking as he's talking about his anniversary or whatever, Daniel asks him a question, and Miyagi just says, oh, drink, drink. He doesn't even want to answer the questions. And then he sort of goes into the the story about uh, it, it, as he's reliving the memory about the, the drill instructor when he got into the military or whatever, you know, reporting to kill many Japanese or something like that. Uh, and then he says, you know, uh, as yeah. again, imitating the, the other officer. Miyagi's not even saying his own words. He's just imitating what he hot, heard. He's flashing back and his wife dying of complications and his son dying. Uh, and Miyagi just passes oh. out. Uh, like, it's a heartbreaking scene, but the way it ends is so uplifting because... Daniel uh, puts Miyagi down and then goes through his stuff. Again, he, he's a little bit nosy here too. Let's just call Daniel up for that too. It's not your business. But he finds the, um, the, the, the notice from when uh, his wife died and when he lost his son. And then he finds this Medal of Valor. And you just have like that, that great moment of Miyagi just snoring in bed and Daniel just bowing. And then they cut to this montage of Daniel sort of training on his own now, which is just amazing. Like, I cannot imagine this scene without it. And, uh, I, I can't remember. I, I think you said you weren't really a fan of the Jackie Chan movie, um, the remake. I hated it. I hated it. I, don't, I hated it, man. I, I don't it, mind it, 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 but you got to at least give me... <sighs> The scene that they do in place of this has got to at least be some of the best dramatic acting Jackie Chan out of his career. Like, even though it's a completely different scene, it's hard to not get behind a character when they're, like, you know, broken down like this. It's completely different. I mean, Jackie Chan plays it angry and drunken, but that's the one part in the remake of The Karate Kid that I remember actually saying, okay, at least this scene's pretty good. Yeah, they should have called it the Kung Fu Kid or gave it a different yeah. name altogether. Lied and claimed it was an original story. I don't know. <laughs> but this scene, though, like Pat Morita, oh my goodness, amazing. Gets me every time. Yeah, Pat Morita, that's probably the best acting of his career, mm-hmm. that scene, in my opinion, anyways. Uh, and then. The backstory of his wife dying of complications at birth, so he loses his wife and his unborn child, or his his, his child being born. Yeah, just uh, yeah, it, 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 yeah. So it gives you it gives you a lot of uh, uh, sympathy for the character, and also at the same time, you kind of understand uh, 
what he sees in Daniel. Mm-hmm. He's seeing like a, a sort of a second chance to be a dad. Mm-hmm. And that makes you root root for Miyagi. Uh, you know, they, they make the, they make this character the hero. So in my opinion, this is the real the real hero of the movie. Yeah. Is, is Mr. Miyagi. And I- so so yeah, Daniel Daniel, even though he's the star of the movie, he's not necessarily the hero of the movie. Oh, yeah, exactly. And really, they hold that with the entire trilogy. Every one of the movies in the trilogy, I feel like it's Miyagi who saves the day, even if it's just sort of coaching from the sidelines. I mean, he is the hero of this story. Um, I love that you called it a trilogy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> a quadrilogy. Well, you you know what? Like people criticize part three, but I'm like, at least people want Hillary Swank. Yeah, at least people remember part three. The next Karate Kid. Let's just get it out of the way now because I won't have the heart to do it later on. Um, I remember that movie coming out, not really being that excited because I'm like, well, it, it it sort of looks cheesy. Seeing it and just thinking this is awful, and not watching it for years. And it was a couple years ago. I tried to rewatch the movie. And I think I got maybe halfway through it. And then when I showed my wife all the Karate Kid movies, she enjoyed all three of them. And then Karate next Karate Kid, we tried to watch it. I think over four consecutive nights it took us trying to get through this movie. We still, It's still on our Netflix, continue watching with 10 minutes left. And I'm like, I can't bring myself to do it. I just don't care. Wow, wow. I actually saw it in a movie theater. I saw all of them in the movie theaters. And uh, yeah, okay. Number four killed the franchise. Let's let's just call it <laughs> call it what it is, man. It's it's the Batman and Robin of this universe. <laughs> yeah. so, <laughs> it's a franchise killer. <laughs> but uh, ha- having said that, having said that, it, 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 with, without without Hillary Swank's character, I don't think we'd have got like the Hunger Games and oh and, yeah, and uh, that that whole that whole big big. Uh, uh, woman action hero uh, uh, moment that we had in cinematic history. I just don't think it would have happened. Yeah, no, I can give you, I can give credit for that. I mean, it, it really is one of the first examples I could think of of let's reboot a franchise, and, and really just all around, you know. It's not like action movies never appeal to women. It's funny. I know more women who get excited when a Die Hard movie comes out than I know guys who get excited when a Die Hard movie comes out. Uh, but they just, nobody ever thought, let's target this towards women. And then the action movies that they did, movies like Catwoman and Elektra, you know, it, it was just the wrong approach. They were trying to make those movies for what they thought guys wanted to see. Uh, when they should have just been making the movies for what everybody wanted to see, including women. And I'll give, yeah, I'll give the next Karate Kid credit for that. It's a pretty straight yeah. adaptation, pretty straight female uh, action hero character. Yeah, that and Point of No Return was pretty mm. much all you had going when it came to female. Yeah. And then the, down the road, then you got the long kiss goodnight. Yeah. But that was much later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and and earlier than that, it was I don't know two kicks that Rene Russo gives in Lethal Weapon three, and that was your female action hero of the time. <laughs> she was the token. I'm sorry, we, we did Rene <laughs> Russo. The, she was the. T- yeah, we did a Rene Russo month last year, an entire month on Rene Russo, oh, and we're okay. planning another one. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Yeah, she was totally the token in that trio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So, just kind of, kind of wrapping up the stuff in the movie here, there's one more training scene where he finally learns to punch. It's a quick scene, but again, it's kind of a funny scene uh, where we, Miyagi's got, like, the umpire outfit on or whatever, the, the baseball catcher outfit on. The catcher. The catcher. Yeah. Canadians, we don't really get baseball. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but uh, let's go Blue Jays. Yeah. What happened? <laughs> we, we, we st- I mean, speaking of Rene Russo, I, I, you're a fan of the movie Major League. Yes. Yeah. One yes. of my the, one of the parts that makes me laugh the hardest in that movie is where uh, Tom Berenger goes to uh, Rene Russo's apartment where she's having a dinner party, and he says he plays for the Cleveland Indians. And this one lady goes, "I didn't know we still had a team." That's kind of how I feel when people bring up the Blue Jays. <laughs> we still got a Blue Jays. There are things still. <laughs> Yeah, your, your Blue Jays don't play in Canada right now. They've been playing everywhere but, <laughs> but the, we, the quarantine. We still so, got yeah, hockey. Technically, you're kind of right. <laughs> it's only it's only the Toronto Blue Jays by name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, this punching scene where uh, the first time Daniel throws the punch at Miyagi, again, almost angry. He's like, what are you, what are you some kind of girl or something? <laughs> Again, you're not going to get away with that line in 2021. <laughs> but it's just great hearing Miyagi say it. And then when Daniel actually starts throwing, he just keeps doing it, dancing around and all that. And Miyagi just trips him down to the ground. He's like, I think you talk too much. I think you dance too much. Uh, lots of work to be done. Tournament's just around the corner and got to bring Daniel back around and get serious. Uh, then we get Daniel's birthday, probably the other dramatic highlight of the movie. Um, Miyagi's baked him a cake. He gives him his first gift, which is the ghee. And this is the thing that I think is so important about Miyagi's character. It's not just we got that backstory with such subtlety. The way that uh, Daniel sort of subtly asks him about stuff when he says that his wife made the patch of the bonsai tree on the back. And he says, you know, if you ever want this back, I'll understand. Miyagi just says, yeah, I know you'll understand. Like, whether or not Miyagi even remembers his drunken night with Daniel, who knows? But I like to think that he actually does sort of, ooh, I might have said some things I didn't intend to to Daniel. And this is just sort of like the guys sort of be like, hey, you you okay? It's like, yeah, yeah, let's never talk about it again, you know? <laughs> it's kind of like, it's a very touching scene the way the guys are, you know? <laughs> um, but uh, Daniel shows he gets his license. A picture of Ali slips out. This is where Miyagi says, oh, you look good together. Different but the same. And Daniel still has a chip on his shoulder here. Different but different. Uh, he he realizes he's missing his birthday with his mother, so he has to leave. And Miyagi says, "Oh, I got one more present for him." And he just takes him outside, and he just says, "Choose to the cars." Now, I mean, I I'm, I'm not much of a car guy, but I can tell you that wow. like, the car that Miyagi uh, gives him, I remember as a kid uh, getting a model. I just looked for model cars. I wasn't even I'd never built a model car before. But when I'm like, I'm gonna try building a model car, I just looked for anything that looked like this car. Like it's such an incredible car. And did you know that this is the same car that they use in Cobra Kai, like the very same one? Yeah, yeah. That uh, the actor Ralph Macchio uh, uh, was given that car as a gift mm-hmm. after the movie. So, so he still owns it. And what? And I'm I'm pretty sure that car was worth more than anything he got paid for that. Oh movie. yeah. And the subsequent <laughs> next two movies combined. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I was mentioning off air to you somebody that we interviewed who was in a Star Wars movie that people may hear uh, coming up soon, uh, and he told us that he got uh, paid more for selling a badge that his character wears in the Empire Strikes Back than he got paid for the entire movie. Now, can you imagine the car from the Karate Kid? I mean, this this car is in all three Ooh, movies. Yeah. Uh, and a car that was probably worth a fortune in 1984. Like, what business do they have giving it to this this kid, Ralph Macchio? I mean, f- he doesn't even need to be paid for the movie. I mean, that, that's that got to be the greatest gift anybody's ever been given on the set of a movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, the only thing I could think of is if they would have let, like, uh, 
like uh, uh, Anthony Daniels keep the three feet you know, you know, <laughs> yeah. or something like that. <laughs> Harrison <laughs> Ford like that. Uh, Harrison Ford's got like a real replica of Millennium Falcon in his backyard that was the set or something. <laughs> or, or, or better yet, the, the actual Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, All right, we're done with it in the movie. You can take it home. Yeah, that that <laughs> might compare, but like, wow, like they they let this go for Ralph Macchio. It's insane. The look on Macchio's face too is like so sincere. And the, I love that he goes straight for the one car like he knew the whole time this would be the car he would want and this is where you got like, the, the scene where he says you know to miyagi you're the best friend i ever had and miyagi is like oh you're pretty okay too and he gives him that lesson uh, as <laughs> daniel's talking about the tournament and all that and miyagi's like no he needs advice on the girl and he just sort of talks about the balance as you mentioned how important that is for the whole movie uh and he says that goes for everything in life and he just subtly slips in the picture like again there's things that happen almost off camera that tell you everything the story's about here uh and he leaves and this is where we get the 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 bonsai daniel bonsai 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 uh he goes to (laughs) back to the golf and stuff and um this is where we get the other song uh feel i think feel the night or young i always mix them up young hearts of feel the night one of them here (laughs) and um uh, Allie's giving him the cold shoulder as he's now all playful. Now, let's look at this from her, her point of view. Uh, she's been going to school with this kid. Sure, he got spaghetti all over himself. I'm sure she has tried to talk to Daniel at least once. Like, there's no way she has not at least tried to talk to him. He had attitude 15 minutes earlier when Miyagi was saying, oh, you look good together, different but the same. And he said, no, different but different. Like, Daniel doesn't want any part of her. 15 minutes later, he's being, oh, hey, how's it going? I got my license. She's like, yeah, congratulations. And he's like, well, what's your problem? (laughs) You haven't talked to her in how many weeks now? Like, I can imagine what her issue is. Uh, She's a little out of your league, too. Like, maybe you should be a little more understanding here. And this is where her friend becomes the star of the movie for, like, I don't know, 20 seconds here. Where she just nails Daniel more than anybody has. More than Miyagi has in this entire movie. She's never been anything but nice to you. And you can tell she already doesn't like Daniel. And she lets uh, uh, the secret loose about... Um, uh, it's like, oh, oh, that's right. You didn't stick around for the exciting conclusion. And uh, she's like, you think she sprained her wrist doing her nails or whatever? What, she hit him? And, and even after all this, Daniel realizes he's an idiot... And there's still this disdain from other people. Like, they don't have to know Daniel. They all know that Daniel's a dick. Because, you know, oh, why didn't she say anything? She shouldn't have to, and she just storms off. You know, Daniel will eventually go make up with her, and he just apologizes, and she just says, you are a jerk, which is great. But, like, oh, the oh. friend knows it. She knows that he's a dick. Yeah, Daniel Daniel finally owns up to what, he, what he's been like this whole movie. <laughs> yeah. He goes, like, I'm a jerk. He's like, yes, yes. <laughs> Everybody in the audience all will agree with you right now. <laughs> this is the most honest you've been the entire movie. Mm-hmm. You've lied, to, to, <laughs> you, you lied <laughs> about so many different things. You, you've instigated fights. You called big car pileup. <laughs> you're finally owning it. You're finally owning it here to this one person. You're finally owning that you are such a jerk. Finally. <laughs> And it's it like, took Miyagi giving him the biggest life lesson of the movie for him to, 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 to change. <laughs> and it was a life lesson that he wasn't even hammering in. He was, oh, I'm scared about the tournament. Yeah, sure you are, Daniel. Let me tell you a little something about women, okay? <laughs> but even before this, like, when Daniel goes up and you think that he's kind of playing with her a little bit where, 
uh, he's saying, oh, I guess that's just for people, uh, you know, uh, respectable. I guess it's just for people who have fancy cars, right? You know that in his mind, he's like, yeah, I'm going to show her my fancy car. But then when she sort of walks away from it, he still has attitude with her hair. She's like, why do you have such a problem with this? And she even has to say, I don't have a problem with it. You do, Daniel. Like, he just can't get over himself. Like, oh, the, the friend is 100% right here. Allie is 100% right. When Allie comes back in season three, we're going to completely buy her character's point of view because it makes sense. Daniel is not a nice kid up until he basically gets told off by everybody in school. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the 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 whole... Uh... I think we said earlier that uh, one of the scenes were a microcosm of, of his whole journey throughout this movie. He 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 kind of gets spelled out for him mm-hmm. that he's been he's been the villain of his own story mm-hmm. that he's he brought all this on himself. Yeah. That and for whatever reason the women in his life, <laughs> uh, his mother Ali, they they just let it all slide. Mm-hmm. I, I do not understand. Uh, I mean, if I was his mother, I would have drowned him like three or four times by now. <laughs> Allie, I'd have been like, you know what? I'm going back with Johnny. <laughs> she's a very she patient woman. Like, she's been patient with Johnny. She's patient with Daniel. She's done nothing wrong in this movie. Other, well, no, she's egged them on. Yeah, she, she's she's led no, to some events. She was here. not patient. She's not patient with Johnny. <laughs> well, she's uh, not patient. I'm with assuming prior. I'm she's assuming very jaded towards Johnny. <laughs> I'm assuming prior to this, she had some patience for Johnny before he wanted to be reasonable with her. Or not? Jeez, I, I I don't know, man. I kind of I I kind of see it from Johnny's point of view. But like I said, they're all kids. Yeah, and all the high school kids are pricks. So well, that's the default setting. That's why. That's why. Even though she's one of the good guys in this movie, she was still a prick during this movie. That's where Cobra Kai gets it so right. Because they don't just retell the story where, okay, there's the bully kid. And this movie did it right too. They're clearly intending for you to see Daniel has has caused a lot of this himself. It's subtle, but they're intending that. In Cobra Kai, they're like, we're going to take the characters you think are heroes and we're going to show you how terrible they are. Then we're going to take the characters you're terrible and we're going to show you how good they are. Like... if anybody's, I think the whole point of this movie is if, if anybody's fighting, there's nobody who's completely not to blame. You know, there's nobody who's completely innocent in a situation like this. Yeah, yeah. Every everybody is a, is a shade of gray. Mm-hmm. Nobody, no, no. You know that whole uh, heroes wear the, the good guys wear white, the heroes yeah. wear black. Everybody's wearing gray in this movie. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I I kind of I I kind of like how the side characters in this movie also. Are, are the ones calling Daniel on all his bullshit. Yeah. Like from Freddie and his crew to now Allie's crew. <laughs> like all the side characters are calling Daniel on all his bullshit. Yeah, they're not the ones that are in the middle of this feud. People on the outside see through him. Uh, and again, Daniel's a good kid. He's just, it's like you've said over and over again. Yes. He's a teenager. He, he's he's no more or less to blame than anybody else in this movie. No, no. He's a, he's a teenager who's a fish out of water. Yeah. And he sticks his foot in his mouth a lot. He does a lot of unnecessary things that, that bite him in the ass later. But at the same time, he, you know, it, it, all of this could have been squashed if at any point any of these characters would have would have would, would have approached any of the other characters yeah. and, and just said, "Look, I'm not perfect. I've made a lot of mistakes," and then just approach it like a human being. But that's too mature. They're a bunch of teenagers. Yeah, exactly. Teenagers don't do that. <laughs> As you said, part two, not even Miyagi was smart enough to do that. 
Um, we're gonna get to the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get to the tournament here. Uh, so All right. Miyagi actually. Oh, this is this is the part where uh, I was just about to say. Yeah, yeah. I was just gonna say before you start. Mm-hmm. The thing you're about to, to say made me go from Miyagi's this awesome hero. He's the hero of the movie too. Damn it, he's a douchebag too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> he walks in here and now he's gone out of his way to make a gi up for his his student to train him and all that he doesn't think he needs a belt so when he walks in a he just lies about his belt level oh well, why does it matter what belt he is oh because it's only for, you didn't even you signed the kid up did you read the rule book miyagi you don't know anything about the rules you don't know he needs a belt and then when you find this out you're like oh yeah he's a black belt and then you cause a distraction as you slip a stolen black belt into the girlfriend's hands now after this we get daniel getting dressed realizing he doesn't have Oosh a belt <laughs> And it's going to get better, too. No, this is the worst part. This is the worst part. For those of you that, that, that are listening to this that have never been a martial artist in your life, never been, in, never taken a single lesson, a, a, a black belt is, 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 isn't is just like an award, like a rank, like, mm-hmm. a, like a general in, in, in the army. A black belt is essentially a gold reach. It's a white belt that never quit. Mm-hmm. The way the belts were invented, well, uh, uh, Goro Kano, the founder of judo, he used to train his students outside. And when they would uh, get thrown on the ground, their white belts turned green from the grass. And then as the grass wore away, oh, wow. then their green belts would turn brown from the soil underneath, or from the dirt underneath, from the ground underneath. And then as the, the ground, the dirt would wear away, their belts would turn from brown to black from the soil that was underneath the dirt. And that's what a black belt is. It's somebody that's been training for so long and taking his lumps and taking his ass kicking <laughs> and, and, and persevered through it all. He's awarded the black belt. Mm. So now they stole this from a person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they stole this. Which, which, and then later on in the scene, he's a referee. Later on, we see him wearing a black belt, and that is not a, a plot hole. Mm-hmm. That is not a plot hole. He went over to the merchandise table and bought another one, which means Miyagi could have did that the whole time. Yeah. He did not have to steal this man's black belt. Yeah, or wherever he got the gi from in the first place, I'm sure, was selling belts. Maybe you could have thought ahead, planned Miyagi. Um, it's funny because it's completely right what you said. I mean, black belt's naughty. It's not like you just get to the black belt level. I don't know. For me, at least in Taekwondo, you could take a test to progress each belt level every three months. But when it came to black belt... They made you wait a whole year. So you got to the next level before a black belt. And they said, you, no three-month thing. If, if in a year you're still where you're at, then you can take the test for black belt. And if you wanted to progress to a second-degree black belt, third-degree black belt, it's the same thing. We're going to make you wait a year each time. So you have to earn it. It's just the fact that Miyagi just says, oh, yeah, he's a black belt too. I mean, you know none of the Cobra Kai guys are going to complain because they just want to beat him up. But now you've put him in a contest that – He's not even qualified for. So we're looking at some of these kids who are at the junior levels, who are the white belts, who are the green belts, like you said, who aren't allowed to compete, but may actually be able to win. And Daniel has stolen a spot from them too. <laughs> so not exactly fair, but again, no movie. Yeah, exactly. We would not have a movie, right? <laughs> yeah, that would have been the end of the movie. What belt is he? <laughs> oh, we haven't promoted him yet. Well, sorry, he can't compete. Yeah, come back in no uh, two or three years. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but just sort of breezing through all the stuff in the tournament here, or I guess all the way up to the last fight, we'll save that on its own. Uh, so first of all, Daniel getting well, dressed. The, if you're going to breeze, then we got to, we yep, go ahead. Okay. Okay. 
Well, wait, I, I, I'll wait till you're done with the dressing scene. Yeah, the, dress- the dressing scene first, and then I'll, I'll, I'll go next. Yeah, so so the dressing scene uh, is where Dutch is at its finest. Uh, because they walk in, and this is where they're again just sort of getting back yes. at Daniel for his little trick with the teacher he tried to play and messing around with him in front of everybody at school. Uh, where the <laughs> Dutch is like, uh, well, if it isn't Daniel, or what's the matter? Mommy not here to dress you? And he pushes him. Like, he gets aggressive, but, like, he is scary. Like, that is one scary guy. <laughs> I love Chad McQueen in this scene here. <laughs> and when the guy tries, the referee comes in to break it up. This is the uh, Pat Johnson, I think he said, uh, who comes in to break it up. Yeah. Uh, where he's like, hey, out. And then Dutch is just like, uh, hey, points or no points, you're dead meat. And then I said out, and he goes again. And he still goes, dead meat the way he says it a second time and then of course tommy cackling in the background <laughs> look at him i think he's gonna cry well it's just again you, you, they're not in the right but you kind of like cobra kai here they're cool well not only that but johnny was nowhere in the room exactly so this isn't even johnny doing this yeah he's uh, <laughs> he's nowhere in the room so he kind of tells you yeah, I think the whole point of the scene is that it's to show you who all this was really coming from. Mm, yeah. All this was really Dutch in Johnny's ear. Yeah, so it kind of it kind of tells you where it's all coming from. And uh, once they leave the room, here it is again. The hero of the movie is a total douchebag. <laughs> where they, they, the 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 one of the one of the referees tell tells Miyagi like, okay, the floor is for competitors yeah. and teachers only, and then. This whole big lie of Ali being his translator, and, and, and it's Daniel telling this lie, and, and, and Miyagi going along with it. Yeah, and, 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 and Miyagi tells him in Japanese something like, "We got to get going here, like to get out of the situation." And, and, and Daniel goes, "Oh, he says remind him of his uncle. He has a Tokyo." And it's like, oh man. On top of being a liar, you're not even good at it. And and it gets even worse then because, uh, oh, I guess it's okay then. Oh, he says you're very kind. Thank you. And Miyagi just goes, welcome. (laughs) Like after all this, you get a brief (laughs) glimpse of the look on the guy's face when he realizes he just said something in English to me. Should I say something? No, (laughs) just let it go. Um, Yeah, yeah, it's hilarious. Miyagi, not necessarily the best guy here. But even the approach on the mat here is fantastic. You see how ill-prepared Miyagi is as you go, okay, so what am I supposed to do? Don't know. It's like, wait, I thought you'd been to these things before. Nope. And it's like, oh, I'm dead. And it's like, don't you have any advice for me? Yeah, don't get hit. <laughs> and he's like, I thought you fought before. <laughs> yeah, for my life, not for points. <laughs> and and Ali has to give Daniel the lessons on what to do. So again, Miyagi couldn't even be bothered to read the playbook <laughs> for what you're supposed to do. He has, he knows <laughs> nothing about this. Basically, Ali saves the day here, tells him the rules of what he can and can't do. When we get to Cobra Kai, then... And she wouldn't even... Well, she shouldn't even be there. She should yeah. be up in the stands. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, with where everybody but teachers and students are. That was the rule. <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, But I also wonder, when we get to Cobra Kai, <laughs> one of the big things they always discuss is how this movie ends about whether it was an illegal kick or not. Now, we never hear anybody say Ooh. the rules but Ali. So again, is Ali to blame if Daniel did something illegal here? Maybe. Um, we'll have to find no, 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 I don't think she's to blame. I think you were right when you said Miyagi couldn't be bothered to yeah. read the rules for something he signed up Daniel for. Yeah. So that's the who's to blame. What do you, what, what does, what does Miyagi say? No, there's no, there's a bad student. Only a yeah. bad teacher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've now become that, Miyagi, yeah. <laughs> 
so <laughs> it's basically a montage here of a couple scenes in the tournament. Uh, you know, Daniel takes a while to get his footing here. Uh, I only was in one tournament in my life. I didn't do well, but I think that was partly because uh, I was very young. Like, they weren't supposed to. I, I think I started when I was five years old. They weren't supposed to let you in until you were six, but my instructor just sort of made an exception. Partly because, you know, I, I was Daniel at this point. There were bigger kids who were just sort of messing around with me every day, and I sort of went in and explained myself, and the instructor said, fine, I'll give him a shot. Uh, but the one tournament I was in, I was I was much smaller than all the other kids there. So there was definitely a reach issue. And the tournament that we were in as kids, we had, like, the pads on and everything that you see here. But I think I got, like, one hit in, and I lost in my only round. But uh, still, it's very cool. I will say it's very cool to be in these things with, like, a crowd watching. Did you ever get to compete in any tournaments? My first ever karate tournament was the U.S. Open in Orlando, Florida. Ooh. And uh, so I got thrown I got thrown into the fire with my very first tournament. <laughs> Uh, I competed in many karate tournaments. My first big win was actually in a wrestling tournament where I won a silver medal at the Greco-Roman Wrestling National Championships. Oh, wow. Or the AAU National Championships in Greco-Roman Wrestling. And uh, that was in 97. So it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> but you at least got past the first round, which is more than I did. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Uh, well, uh, Daniel well, eventually... Well, it's... it's I was just gonna say it's it's a lot like uh I was I was told uh when I was we walking around the hotel with my with my silver medal after I won all happy with myself uh the coach of the of the losing competitor says a silver medal means you lost too <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> you're the first place loser <laughs> yeah second place is no place <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> Second place means you're number two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so just a couple of montage scenes of Daniel going through the tournament here. Um, now we see the brackets of, I think it's 16 or 32. There must be more than that because there's definitely more rounds of that that we see Daniel competing in. But of course it all comes down to him just going through every Cobra Kai one at a time. None of them really present a challenge to him. Uh, I think Dutch gets a good shot in on him. Uh Tommy is just Tommy. He <laughs> Tommy's got the weirdest stance. He's got this. Tommy looks coked out this entire movie. I'm sure he was. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Tommy's expression Aww. where he loses is so priceless. And I remember my mom hating Tommy when we watched this movie as a kid. And I'm like, I love the guy because Aww. he's so funny and he has that expression when he loses. She's like, no, like he's just throwing a temper tantrum. Like Tommy's one of the stars of this movie too. A lot of great background characters. Uh, Dutch, like you said, yeah. he kind of does this dance, which is great. Uh, this sidestepping dance. And <laughs> yeah, he has yeah. the cockiest look on his face, too. It's, it's just cocky and dangerous at the same time. Um, it's all going to come down to the semifinals, which Bobby gets to. Now, Bobby uh, is the one the one guy who has a reason to have a beef with Daniel, who's been the one nice guy throughout this movie. He's the one who told Johnny, leave him alone. He's had enough. Uh, and here, where Kreese does turn into the bad guy, and he tells him to sweep the leg. Uh, no, he doesn't tell him. He, he just says out of commission here. It's Johnny he tells sweep the leg, right? Yeah, he wants him out of commission. Yeah. yeah. And, he, tells, and, he tells Bobby that he, want, uh, he wants him out of commission. Mm-hmm. Oh, I could beat this guy. I don't want him beat out yeah. of commission. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bobby is basically the sacrificial lamb here. You're going to take one for the team. He even says I'll yeah. get disqualified, but he still does it. Like these kids are following Crease 100%. Yeah, it's a great backstory to all this. Is if you listen to the announcing in the background uh, of each of each character as they they make their way to the to, to the fight in the tournament, 
you find out that Bobby was a finalist who lost to Johnny the year before. Oh, really? So they had faced each other in the finals. <laughs> and and uh, Vitaly, the guy who Johnny beats in the semifinals, was actually he Johnny lost to him in his first time in the mm-hmm. tournament when Johnny was a uh, was a sophomore. Yeah. And then Johnny comes back and wins it all as a junior, beating Bobby in the finals. And so three or two, you got two winners in, in, in the in the semifinals facing each other. The previous two years, winners facing each other, mm-hmm. Vitalia and, and, and Johnny. So that was supposed to be like the dream match of the tournament in the semifinals. And, uh, and, and Bobby and Daniel, I guess on paper, everybody would have thought Bobby would have returned to the finals because Daniel was like the Cinderella story. But uh, – yeah, uh, what do you think? Do you think Bobby could have beat him? Well, we don't really see Bobby do much in this movie. I mean, Bobby's, I, I think, the one Cobra Kai character that doesn't get a lot of action. Um, let's be honest, Daniel got on top of this guy and got a couple of shots in, so I don't know if Bobby really has... He doesn't have that Cobra Kai spirit, I think, that could have pushed him uh, to win against Johnny, especially. I, I still think Johnny takes this thing if Johnny goes to the end with him. All right, fair enough. But, you know what? I, 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 I agree. But but at the same time, I mean, Daniel wins this thing. Spoiler: If you haven't watched this, if you have, if you haven't watched this, why are you listening? To this <laughs> uh, but no, it would be interesting because uh, Bobby's a, a pretty big character. They really got to uh, go more. Bobby's actually had a couple of uh, episodes in Cobra Kai, so uh, we really got to have Bobby and Johnny have a showdown, it's just just like we've had Daniel and Johnny showdowns in Cobra Kai. That's my that's my plea for season four or season five, one of the upcoming seasons. Give us the the the. 84 tournament finals we were meant to see bobby versus johnny please um or at least the 83 finals when, when, when yeah when johnny beat bobby let's watch it yeah exactly <laughs> give us the backstory give us give us a flashback um so bobby basically just kicks daniel to the knee so you're not allowed contact below the waist he kicks him in the knee puts daniel's knee out of commission daniel gets taken off the the mat um we have the last scene here where everybody's there. Lucille's there. Ali's there. Miyagi's there. They basically, the doctors tell him, no, you're out. Sorry. Uh, you did well, though. And Daniel just has to be alone. Uh, Mr. Miyagi stays behind. And he asks him to do the thing with his leg. And Miyagi's like, no, you proved a point. And he's like, what point? That I could take a beating? Here's the one time where Daniel actually does have the right idea. And Miyagi doesn't. Um, he says, you know, they're always going to know they got the best of me. Which is a fair point. Whether or not he stood his ground here they got one up on him and they put him out. So Daniel feels like he has to win this thing, which is is great. It's a nice uplifting ending here. Miyagi just says, close your eyes. And we get that dramatic music because he just rubs his hands together. Like you don't need to see anything. It's just the rubbing the hands together thing. Uh, Daniel, goes, Daniel makes the point. Daniel makes the point that he will never have balance. The balance. Uh, yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He says, I'll never have balance. Not, not with them, not with Ali, not with, even says not with me. Yeah. It's, it's literally everything. Uh, the way this revealed too, where they're basically awarding Johnny the trophy and Ali comes out, who again should not be on the mat, as we mentioned. <laughs> and he just got Daniel LaRusso is gonna fight. Daniel LaRusso is gonna fight. <laughs> uh Daniel limps out there. I love that he corrects them. This ongoing thing about Miyagi versus Miyagi is great too. Uh he goes out yeah. this they say, From Miyagi do karate, and uh he corrects them no Miyagi. Uh so basically this fight it, it it goes it goes on longer than I always remembered it. Daniel gets two points right off the bat, like fair points. And then Johnny comes back and he gets two points. And then it, when it comes down to it, uh, one of the hits that, uh, I think before Johnny even gets a single point, one of the hits is where uh, uh, he tells him, go to your sensei, turn Neil. 
So Johnny's got a bloody nose and he goes to Crease. And this is where Crease has that, that iconic line, you know, sweep the leg. You, uh, you have a problem with that. And Johnny just no sensei him. Uh, William Zabka, I think, explained it best where he said, the, the look on his face was really important there because it was basically you had to tell by the look on his face that this was a guy who just saw his hero become the villain. He's saying no sensei, but it's like Johnny just realized, no, this is the bad guy. And that's kind of what you're saying. I mean, this is where Crease becomes the villain here. Uh, Johnny goes yeah. out there. He still tries to, you know, get the points. He, he gets two points. It comes down to the end. And, you know, he follows Crease's advice. This is, we get a lot of the screaming after he takes a shot to the knee from Tommy. This is where he goes, somebody get him a body bag! <laughs> With his cackle. Um, we get the guy screaming to Johnny, Johnny, you're a cream puff! <laughs> um, and uh, the, the big buildup uh with uh, the music here crease yelling no mercy finish him uh and then oh. finally the music kicks in and daniel is doing the crane kick position and he gives the crane kick johnny straight to the face johnny goes down he's awarded the win the moment my mom also hated outside of tommy was ali coming up and jumping on the guy whose leg has basically been broken twice in this tournament she just jumps all <laughs> over him uh, and, and we just see him sort of nodding to Miyagi. Miyagi sort of off in the distance. We always like that it wasn't until the third movie where Miyagi actually celebrates with him. It's always just sort of him watching on. Uh, and then we get the end credits. Yeah. Uh, oh, and Johnny hands him the trophy too. We should also mention Johnny says, "Good match, yeah. Larusso." Which he's going to change his position probably in about twenty you know, hours he, after this. Yeah, he says he said, "You're all right, Larusso." Yeah, you're all um, right. But yeah, what 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 I like to note is just before the crane kick. Johnny's bends over, and you can tell he's winded. He's out of breath. Mm. His cardio has left him at this point, or he's completely out of cardio. He's tired. He just wants to get it over with, and he's hearing his sensei, finish him, finish yeah. him. And he he does something he doesn't do throughout the entire tournament, especially as he, as he was scoring points and as he goes straight at Daniel. Mm. Prior to that, Johnny hadn't gone straight at Daniel. He had... He had gone around him. He'd gone around to his weak side where the bad leg is. And, and he, he'd never gone straight. So being tired, being told by a sensei to, 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 to finish him and attack, he kind of went away from the game plan. So I like that little mm-hmm. little story within a story yeah. almost. Uh, the, but there was a strategy being played out during the tournament. Yeah, there's so much subtlety then, with all the fight scenes. I mean, they, they really took a lot of care in not only just making it realistic but the fighting styles are different for every character like you said they're telling a story yeah. with all the little moves they do yeah definitely and then and then on top of that what i love is that that we saw johnny's true colors mm-hmm. like oh this entire this entire recap we were doing we've been harping on how johnny's not really a villain even though he's being you know, the, the casual fans will make him out to be a villain. But here at the end, he shows the true colors. He hands him the trophy. He compliments him, tells him he's yeah. all right. And he's, 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 yeah, he's the good guy. Mm-hmm. The good guy lost. Like, like in Rocky, the good guy lost. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and, and then there is a difference now between, between the theatrical version and the version, or the, yes. at least the initial release version. Get into this. The initial re- theatrical release version. So the way it goes is the movie doesn't end at, at, in this version at the point where they show Miyagi happy that Daniel won, that freeze frame. 
the, it actually goes to outside where they're in a parking lot and Kreese is no longer this justifiable sensei. He's now feels like this was a slight on him, that this one guy, this one guy put this one guy, uh, this one student in the tournament and his one student beat up all his guys. So now he's worried about how he, he and his school and his style came off in this tournament. So uh, he's upset at Johnny. And he takes a second place trophy and he smashes it. And Johnny, uh, jo- Johnny, of course, is upset. Hey, that's my trophy. And and uh, Kreese grabs uh, Johnny, does something he shouldn't do. He grabs Johnny in sort of a, a headlock here. Because uh, because I guess maybe he thought Johnny was about to get aggressive with him. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, temper flaring on both sides. But but Kreese is the adult. He shouldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. He's not the kid. If, if Johnny gets, gets upset, he's a kid. Kreese gets upset, he's an adult. He shouldn't <laughs> yeah. be upset. Or at least not aggressive. Not aggressive. So he grabs Johnny in a in a in a rear in a in, in, in a in a rear chin, a chin lock is what we call it in wrestling, which is is not a choke. He wasn't gonna put him to sleep. He wasn't gonna hurt his neck. He's just restraining him and sort of sort of trying to get trying to get his point across to someone who doesn't want to hear it. We're kind of back to square one here, which is I think what the the initial idea behind this this scene was that we're back to to the beginning of the movie where we're we're, we're dealing with somebody who doesn't want to hear it and how they handle it and how Johnny handled it poorly and now Chris is handling it poorly mm-hmm. and uh, Miyagi steps in Miyagi steps in and Chris now Chris and Miyagi are about to have a or have it out have a fight Chris throws a punch Miyagi moves out the way and Chris punches the windshield uh, cutting up his hand. Kreese throws another punch. Miyagi moves up out of the way again, punches another windshield, cuts his other hand. And so now both of Kreese's hands are, are, are cut up with, with, with glass. And Miyagi sort of grabs him by the collar and forces him down to his knees and acts like he's going to kill him. Like, he starts saying his lines, uh, Kreese's lines, mercy is for the weak. We did not train to be merciful here. The man faces you. He's the enemy. The enemy deserves no mercy. Then he screams, ah! And he stops just short of of karate chopping Crease in the in in the temple, and he grabs his nose and goes <laughs> and lets Crease go. And then Crease, as 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 Daniel and Miyagi start walking away, in this version, in the theatrical version of Karate Kid One, the main Cobra Kai members grab their black belts and drop them at Crease's feet, as each one by one, as each one walks away, and that's how the movie ends, where. Where Daniel and and, and and Miyagi are sort of overlooking this, and the two heroes are together, and it's their style that prevails. Mm-hmm. This got edited out, and most of this scene made its way into the beginning of Karate Kid Two. Yeah, and I remember hearing that um, it was either when the Karate Kid came out on DVD, uh, it might even be before that, because I think I mentioned to you that I read the original scripted scene, which is very similar to what we get in the Karate Kid 2. But then I remember hearing the story saying this was the original ending of the movie and that they had shot it, they had screened it and all that. And that it just, it didn't, for whatever reason, maybe it didn't test as well or people thought, no, we should just end it here. But this ending they thought considered to be so strong that when they came around to part two, they said, let's put that in now as the beginning of the movie, almost exactly as it is. Even the Jackie Chan Karate Kid movie has an um I don't remember if this was in their alternate ending or whatever but they they shot this same ending as well very similar 
where there's sort of a fight scene between the two instructors. But when you saw this movie, you saw this original ending? Well, I saw it. I, the, when I saw it in the movie theaters the weekend that it was released, I saw the original ending. Wow. It had the original ending plus, um, you know, they, they, in, the, in the Karate Kid 2 version, they kind of cut the, a little bit of that off and they left off the black belts being dropped. Mm-hmm. So I got to see the whole thing with even that part. And I understand why they took it off. Because there's no uh, when you stop it at at where they stop it now with the free frame of Miyagi, yeah. it's a happy ending. Yeah, exactly. Whereas this this ending this ending is uh, not happy. It explains a lot. It's a, it's a nice epilogue, but it, it's not a happy ending because mm-hmm. yeah, uh, basically Kreese loses his business. It- Kreese loses his business, and uh, and. Uh, yeah, and it, it looks like it's all Miyagi's fault. <laughs> yeah, and I think that we we get the whole point of that scene. We get it by the end of the first movie. You know, you get by Johnny with that look on his face, and by Johnny saying "You're all right, Larusso," and giving him the trophy. You get that. Now, now one thing that is interesting is that uh, when they did this for the Karate Kid two, uh, Dutch it wasn't available. Or I guess Chad McQueen wasn't available. So in the Karate Kid two, they just had his back to the camera. Which I actually think works better for the Dutch character <laughs> because he would be the guy who's just like, mm, like, like I have no part of this. <laughs> just I'm gonna stay out of this now that this is escalated <laughs> beyond what I can do. Uh, but that's crazy because I remember hearing that thing like, man, I would love to see this, but you actually got to see it. You were you're part of history where you got to be one of those people who did see this before <laughs> they removed it. Because uh, this, I always heard that this was a real thing and it was it was the original ending and that they changed it. So uh, there we go. We get confirmation here. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was. I love that I got to see it both ways. Mm-hmm. I got to see, uh, cause I got to see. I would, you know, whenever they uh, they do these these things at AMC uh, theaters where they show old movies, mm-hmm. I, I I love to go to see the old movies on a big screen, especially with the better cameras now. And so I went and saw Karate Kid again. Uh, uh, many, many, many years. Uh, in fact, when a uh, Cobra Kai the TV series had their red carpet premiere. Mm-hmm. They actually showed the movie Karate Kid yeah. before they showed the premiere of the, uh, or after they showed the premiere of the Cobra Kai. So, uh, so yeah, I got to see it again, and uh, and, and seeing it both ways on the big screen. Uh, I love, I love that I got to see it, but I have to admit the original version with the extra scene that got cut out and and, and most of it put into Karate Kid Two. I think I like that version better. Yeah. Oh, it, especially I, I being able feel to feel like it, it just adds some drama. Maybe. Seeing the black belts dropping. I mean, maybe it is a little bit too cinematic for a movie that's very grounded mm-hmm. in realism. But like that would have been such an epic thing to see. I would love that. Yeah. Um, now this movie, box yeah. office wise, um, it was huge. Uh, <laughs> this was the fourth or the fifth highest grossing film of the year in 1984. Uh, now, when you look at the competition, this is up against. It was beaten by. Beverly Hills Cop, Ghostbusters, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, and Gremlins. So to be beaten by those movies, I mean that's that's nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, this movie was massive. I don't. I think it, there's no way anybody could predict how big it would have been. Obviously, it spawned the whole franchise: Karate Kid two, three, next Karate Kid, Cobra Kai, now animated series, uh, video games. I remember playing the video game when I was a kid. Um, critically, it actually did quite well. I mean, it has 89% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I think some of the reviews at the time were a little bit more critical of it being this duplicate of Rocky, but a lot of other ones were strong anyways. Um, and of course it went on to get nominated for Academy Award for Pat Morita, uh, which well-deserved. Uh, also Pat Morita nominated for Golden Globe. Also William Zabka and Elizabeth Shue 
were nominated for Young Artist Awards for Best Supporting Actor and Actresses. I don't know what the Young Artist Awards are, but Ralph Macchio is officially the only person in this cast who never got a nomination, which I think is sad. He's he's it, it, It's hard work to, to be that obnoxious and still be kind of likable at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, with Ralph Macchio, uh, you know what, though? Uh, I think he came out on a better end, though, because oh, he, yeah. uh, he had... This movie vaulted him quite quite a bit in his career. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't. Even though this movie deserved a lot of awards that it didn't get, uh, you know, there's just certain movies throughout history, cinematic history, that kind of fall into that category mm-hmm. where you go, "How did they not win any awards or any Oscars? Uh, the score, the script, the the direction, the the, the picture, the actors, the forty acts. How did they not win for something?" Best sound, something. Yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, I, I, I this, this is one of those movies. So, uh, yeah, but it, it, it's still, it's still to me, it, it, in my personal favorite movies, it's still in my personal top five of all time movies. Uh, well, let's hear from somebody who didn't like it. Uh, we're going to look Uh-oh. at a one star review and see how stupid these people are. Uh, <laughs> this one <laughs> makes no sense at all. This is a recent review, too. Uh, Strupar66747 wrote on IMDb this is a one star review this is one of the cheesiest movies I've ever seen a skinny 12 year old boy who learns karate in two weeks who fights against boys who look more like ballet dancers than martial arts students just lol his girlfriend looks like his mother she looks at least 10 years older than him what? she was younger than him in real life I mean if this is only a comment because Ralph Macho looked 12 years old fine but like I think she was the youngest one in the cast here. And the final fighting scene when he takes the position of a bird, cringe. Don't really get this. Um, this one, I don't even understand what they're trying to say. Uh, JFJ42, again, just last year, wrote uh, Bad Teen Movie. This film makes me want to peel my eyes out with a rusty spoon. Wax on, wax off, wax on, wax off. Kill yourself, kill yourself. It is truly one of the worst films I've ever seen, except for Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers and possibly Bad Boy Bubby. I've never heard of Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers or Bad Boy Bubby, but I'd be willing to bring you on, JFJ42, to review them with us if you can explain why you don't like The Karate Kid in better explanation than this. That's just sad. Um... (laughs) that was that was plot keywords oh boy this is fun you Uh, know why i think they don't like it you know what i think they don't like it i think mm. they're too much like daniel with a bunch of wine yeah you are a daniel (laughs) (laughs) you're such a daniel be more cobra kai come on um (laughs) plot keywords on imdb were taking uh official plot keywords that are associated with the karate kid and seeing if one of these days we can build our own month out of something um how about potentially doing a soccer ball month here on the oz network how exciting that would be we could talk about the mauritanian i don't even know what that is um super bad the karate kid and city of god some odd movies to uh group together they're rolling down a hill month sounds like a lot of fun uh with the princess bride (laughs) the karate kid the wailing and a wrinkle in time um let's find one more here uh jock month no um faucet month jack-o'-lantern month psychotronic film i don't know what that is mispronouncing someone's name month uh oh i'm gonna go with broken sink faucet month there's bound to be some big blockbusters in here uh the karate kid a jungle book of regulations 
and the luckiest guy in the world. Not even enough to fill a month. So sadly, we're going to have to skip that. Uh, ratings. What do you want to do with this, Billy? I, I know where you're going to go with it. You're going to buy it, rent it, or bin it. Oh, I'm going to buy it in every type of me. I'm, I'm going to buy it a streaming. I'm going to buy the hard copy. <laughs> I'm going to buy the special edition version. You're going to buy the old laser disc just to have it. Just to have it, yeah. Frame the old laser. Frame, frame the VHS. I still got the VHS version. <laughs> so I should frame that. <laughs> uh, now, just who knows if we're going to get to the sequels at any point, but give me your, your rankings of uh, at least the, the original trilogy here. One, two, three. How would you rank them? You know, I kind of feel like they rank in the... And, and the order that they came out in. Mm -hmm. I think one is number one, two is number two, three is number three, yeah. and four is a very distant four. <laughs> yeah, very distant. <laughs> uh, and what were your thoughts on Cobra Kai season three? Oh, I loved it. I loved every season of Cobra Kai. Mm -hmm. uh, Cobra Kai season one was very much in, in line with uh, with, with uh, Karate Kid one. And, uh, and so if you're a fan of, of this movie that we reviewed, then you'll love season one. Season two, things really escalated, and the way it ended was a jaw dropper. Yeah. Season three was just was just fun. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's like uh, they took a, it, even though it ended with 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 seriousness, much of the episodes leading up to it, you know, was kind of kind of just meant to be fun. Everything from uh, the new name. Eagle Fang Karate. <laughs> that, come on, you got you, you got to love Eagle Fang yeah. Karate. I, I, I'm ready to, to purchase t-shirts. Oh, me too. Yeah, I've already looked for them. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to the you know the great great moment with D. Snyder on mm -hmm. stage and they're 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 having fun watching them and it's 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 uh, the only thing I missed was the character Aisha. Mm -hmm. I was like, ah, oh, they needed to keep her around, especially since since uh, Sam needs somebody. Yeah. with her whole problem with Tori. Like her not having Aisha around made her kind of, kind of chicken shit for another, for lack of another word. Mm -hmm. But uh, <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, I hope they bring her back in, in season four. She, she's one of my favorite characters of, oh, yeah. of the I, first two seasons. And I think the great thing with Cobra Kai too is that it seems the first season really was okay. We have a conclusion here, but everything else seems to be very open ended. Like we're gonna tell the story over the course of three months. Like three seasons could cover one school year, you know. So there's always yeah. opportunity to bring her back or, or other characters. And w without spoiling everything, we get more than just Elizabeth Shue back in season three. Uh, we get some other great uh, characters from the past. Even even one that's a, a kid uh, that I freaked out. My wife's like, why are you freaking out? I'm like, that's the kid from part two. The the, the bell and the, 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 the lightning. Or not lightning. The, the power lines and stuff. And I got way too excited for that. But uh, uh, Cobra Kai season four, I'm, I'm there. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of hoping that uh, the villain, uh, the villain of, of, of that we got that turned into this big mm. Miyagi type character in season three. I hope he sticks around. I hope they, keep, oh yeah, they keep using it. Yeah, give us a spinoff, even yeah. anything. <laughs> One of the. Oh, stars. I would love that. I would love that. Yeah. Do you know what though? Uh, if we're gonna review a uh, 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 season three of Cobra Kai, then we got we got no choice but to review season. Or, or uh, episode two of the Cobra Kai, of the of the Karate Kid movie. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, I, I don't think you can do season three. Yeah, and you can totally tell 
that season four is going to be heavily tied to the third Karate Kid movie too. So, I mean, maybe by the time they get to season five or six, it's going to be the story of the next Karate Kid and Hilary Swank's character. Maybe they'll, they'll just, they're, they're working their way up there in the franchise and Jackie Chan will come in, uh, for season nine of Cobra Kai. (laughs) Oh, and I love, I love, uh, that in season three, we also, uh, because we were talking about how how Crease wasn't really a villain until the very end of the movie mm-hmm. of, of the Karate Kid. I love how we made him more human in season yeah. three, where we got the, his entire backstory. Oh yeah, and we yeah, and I'm like, yeah, this poor guy, man. He should be getting he should be getting some professional help, not having exactly two, two guys <laughs> beat the crap out of him and his. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you bad enough that Daniel made the guy homeless. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on more than one occasion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I'm sure we'll get to all the Karate Kids at some point. It may take us a couple of years, but we'll get there. Um, next we'll week, uh, we're going to be speaking to Matt Dyson from Australian Survivor with his choice. There's something about Mary. Billy, are you a fan of either There's something about Mary or Matt Dyson or both? Oh, Matt Dyson is great. He's great. Uh, um, geez, he's, he's, I think he's one of the few people that I actually have from Australian Outback on social media. Oh, or, I'm nice. sorry, Australian Survivor on social media. And so, uh, yeah, he's great. Uh, there's something about Mary, the moose scene, the, the hair <laughs> moose scene. Oh, man. <laughs> to this day. Oh, but I'm not going to spoil it. You guys are going to review it next. Yeah, nobody's going to want to use moose after watching the movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just bad. I'm, I'm glad I shaved my head. <laughs> Billy, thanks so much. We, we finally got around to doing the Karate Kid, and I, I cross my fingers if we do this again next year, we'll just slowly work our way through the, the whole trilogy, maybe even beyond the trilogy. Oh, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. I can't wait to talk about the, uh, about the awesome karate uniforms that Chosen wears. In, yes. Yes. <laughs> That, that that yellow with the with the mm-hmm. black diamondy whatever they call it. I, I to this day I'm still looking for one of those. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want one, damn it. I want one of those. <laughs> if you find it, let me know because I want one too. <laughs> All right. And, <laughs> and I forgot I almost forgot. Before we go, anything you want to plug right now? I mean you got some music coming out, some some charity stuff. Uh, yeah, actually uh uh anybody is on my social media, I'm raising money for the juvenile diabetes research fund. Of course, with the whole the whole uh, uh, quarantine thing, they can't do their main fundraiser. So this is the way they're trying to do their fundraiser. So it's on my social media on on, on Facebook, uh, and then uh, my band. We just wrapped recording our third album, and now we're in the mixing process. So uh, yeah, if you're into Forsaken, spelled with two Ks, uh, get us on all the social media, and then um, and uh, as well as uh, our our uh, website, Forsaken.com. And keep in touch because our record is going to come out sometime this year. We'll have an official announcement on a date sometime early next month. And you know what's it's funny? Uh, when this pandemic started, I was working in an office, basically one of the only a few people left in the office. And I was so bored. Uh, I'm like, I've got nobody to talk to. i got nothing to do here. So I signed up for, um, uh, it was called Google Music at the time. Now it's YouTube Music okay. with a paid subscription. One of the first things I listened to on there was Forsaken. So I'll be happy to know uh, that. So thank when, you. Thank when the you. new one comes out, uh, my $9.99 a month will be put to use listening to the third album. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Thank you. 
Everybody, uh, make sure to stay tuned through the rest of this month. Uh, we do have some other stuff coming out. I don't know if it's going to be before this or after this, but we finally are getting around to doing our Justice League Snyder Cut review, uh, which is great. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, we've got interviews 24. We're starting uh, coverage on 24 next month for the 20th anniversary of the TV show 24. And we've got a bunch of interviews, some really big interviews if you're a fan of 24. Even some from people, you know, if you, they were on 24, but you're going to know them from other things. Uh listen to those just sort of in the lead up to uh, 24 next month and uh, stay tuned to all the regular plugs at the end of this episode which are kindly recorded by Ben and uh, easily edited into the end so I don't have to give it up uh, thank you so much for joining us my name is Colin and uh, we do not train to be merciful here mercy is for the weak here on the street in competition man confronts you he's the enemy and entity deserves no mercy what is the problem Mr. Garcia and I'm Billy Garcia Banzai <laughs> thanks for downloading this episode from the Oz Network make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts Spotify Stitcher Google Podcasts or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider and while you're there please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback you can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show as well as find out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook Twitter and Instagram as well as getting everything you need under one roof at the oznetwork.net. Thanks once again for listening and we'll speak to you next time.